0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Die Destor Prod's TTRPG podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dead. Join today. We got Cave. Hey. We got Enby. Christ. We got Ruben. Hey. And we got some.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
2: it didn't pick up any other noise
3: that
2: I made. And that's made how it really you know it's like a Death Door
3: proc- <laughs> Oh Lord. Pick it up.
0: <laughs> oh. So yeah. Oh. This is some. She is the uh Hi. she's the final, but certainly not least member of our Tuesday group. Uh couldn't be here for Dragon Bane, but we got it here for this. Uh, this is a fun one. As we're going to be talking about Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. The latest game in the World of Darkness. Well, not latest. The latest, latest flagship game of the World of Darkness. Because since this, they've also released Hunter 5th Edition, and I believe Werewolf 5th Edition is also out.
3: I never got to play any of the werewolf games. I've played every other one.
0: Okay, yeah. So I guess then that will be leading to the good thing. Starting, I guess, with Cave, what has been people's history with World of Darkness, if any?
3: Okay, so the first game I played was literally the most toxic TTRPG I have ever played. Tight. You had to bribe the DM to get anything good. And the later you came in, the more you more subservient you were to everyone else at the table. Mm. I was the last one to join. So even though my character ostensibly was from the highest of the bloodlines... I was basically treated as a slave. I never got to do anything interesting or fun, and they sacrificed my character in my third session. Tight. That was my first experience with Vampire the Masquerade. From there, I went to play the video game, (laughs) which was so much more fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who aren't, who like either aren't in the TPRTB scene or simply aren't in the vampire scene know everything about vampire from vampire the masquerade bloodlines.
3: Yeah, it was a great. It's a great game. Great game. I wish like the version I have doesn't work, so I'm unhappy about that. <laughs> like I have to go and find how to make it work on my new computer. Uh, but after that, my like most of my vampire experience is from fighting them because <laughs> I've played Mage the Ascension or Awakening, one of the two, and the guy the the, the GM storyteller whatever it's called uh, mostly used vampires because he knew how to make them. Uh, and then I played Hunter, where we were a bunch of humans, but one of us decided to be as wealthy as possible. So we basically had all of the good gear and could vaporize any vampire we came across. So is even that- though vampires were again the primary enemy, and yeah,
0: so is that Hunter the Reckoning or Hunter the Vigil?
3: Uh, Hunter the Vigil.
0: Okay. Yeah cuz I know that there is a vast gulf between reckoning and vigil in terms of power level of what you're doing.
3: Yeah. Um I at one point we got a uh 18 wheeler that we outfitted into a battle wagon and we were being ch- like in a we were involved in a road chase. So my character just started throwing uh C4 blocks out the back and detonating them when they got close to enemy vehicles. And that was the whole fight. <laughs> like everybody else was just like let him get close so we can stab him and i was like and c4 <laughs> and c4
0: <laughs> <sighs> well that was that sounds like fun
3: oh yeah uh i also played a little bit of one of the new vampire games and couldn't get into it so
0: well all right, then uh so i guess going on the list some the experience with the vampire or the world of darkness yeah. in general
1: um no I'm completely new to it I've never played any of the systems never played any of the games um so I am going in blind pretty much
0: alrighty uh NB I'm assuming they're eating okay <laughs> I then.
4: was not I kept myself muted, so I wasn't interrupting anybody alrighty to then. answer your question no <laughs> but I know it exists
0: alrighty uh and Ruben uh, my only experience with the
5: game was that uh, that one review that can talked about the uh, conversation that you can have with the TV in the video game. <laughs> Tight.
0: Well, alrighty then. As for me, I have been a storyteller once with Cave and a buddy of ours, where I guess I misexplained the rules, so Cave thought that having too hunger meant you were the hungriest possible.
3: No, that was just me being stupid.
0: And so, waking up as a vampire, they woke up in a meat locker with each other and one dead body. And then Caves, the first thing his character did was, hey, guy I'm in here with, do you have a quarter on her? Do you have a quarter on you? Flip it. If it's heads, I'm eating that body. <laughs> didn't know he was a vampire. Didn't know anything. I actually forgot about that, Sash. <laughs> yeah, just just woke up and then said, hey, random person, choose if I eat that guy or not.
3: Do I eat you or do I eat that guy?
0: And then... We never played vampire again.
3: <laughs> Amazing. It didn't end poorly or anything. It was just like,
5: Oh, I was stupid. Yeah. It just wakes up and immediately decides on whether or not they're going to cannibalize
0: a corpse. Yeah. And so from there, I didn't really touch vampire again. A buddy of ours got Hunter, the reckoning fifth edition. and was like, Hey, we, I want to play this. And we started reading it and realized, Oh, we're not in the group to play this. And then getting into this book and like reading up on this. Cause I've, Like, we chose this for the game to talk about in October a couple of months ago. Or a month ago.
3: It's spooky season. You gotta spook.
0: Yeah. I gave them some options, and they chose Vampire.
1: That was a beautiful song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so reading up on this, I also then started getting kind of into Chronicles of Darkness, which is like their offshoot reboot. Because, like, I guess some history for the game. The game initially uh, started a lot. Like, the game's World of Darkness started in 1991 with uh, Vampire the Masquerade. And then every year after that, they released a new book until they had their five core games of Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, uh, Wraith the S- some- fucking something, uh, Hunter the Reckoning, and, like, Demon the Descent.
3: I have never heard of Wraith.
0: Yeah, most people don't, I don't think. And yeah, so like those are the games. They released. like one of those a year. And then it was that for about, I think like 13 years. But but then by that point, uh, the sales of everything had gone down to such a degree that pretty much only vampire books were selling and making them any money. So they were like, all right, fuck this. 2004, let's burn it down. Start again. The new world of darkness with vampire, the Requiem. And Fucking like werewolf the forsaken and other shit like that where it just took the entire concept of the game scrapped it brought it down to its bare minimum and then removed all elements of the meta plot and just went hey Here's new stuff And for a little while that worked until 2011 when they were like hey, it's been 20 years Let's bring back the old shit. So they brought back the old shit with the 20th anniversary editions and then those did well and then the history of Vampire the Masquerade is kind of nightmarish, specifically for 5th edition. Because they have had so many controversies surrounding this fucking system that has resulted in them switching publishers and development teams, I think like twice.
3: At least there can't be any AI uh, associated with it.
0: Yet. Uh, but fifth, they... 5th yeah. edition's out. 5th edition <laughs> like, fifth Edition is currently out. They're still putting out new books. Oh shit. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, and also some old books where they just have some, like, real bad shit in it. Uh, so like, on, like, the initial release of... Or not even the initial release, before the initial release of V5, as i are going to be calling it from now on, there were accusations of promoting the game to neo-Nazis as well as having de- depictions of pedophilia in the book. Mm, what the oh, that's fuck? really bad. Yeah, So with the yeah, so, with, so with the neo-Nazi shit, the game has always had one of the clans be the outcasts and rebels. And from the initial inception of it, there has been, associated with the Bruja, people who were neo-Nazis be- being turned into Bruja. That They have also been very clear about, like, hey, fuck these people. You're playing monsters. We don't want monsters actually playing our game. There's literally a thing in the back of the book that says, that says vampires are welcome welcoming community. Unless you're a neo-Nazi or some kind of racist, then fuck off.
3: <laughs> the, the only correct way yeah as zangief said just because you are bad guy does not mean you are bad
0: guy yes and then with the pedophilia stuff oh no there was a i believe it was like part of like pre, pre, pre-release stuff like playtest stuff there was a pre-built character or like a npc or something that the way they fed was exclusively on children And there has been some depictions of the embrace, as they call it in vampire, as being somewhat sexual. Mm. I I believe there's a point where, like, you can get, like, so addicted to being fed on by vampires that there's, like, an ecstasy element to it, like a euphoria. And so having that related to children, be like, oh,
3: Oh. no. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's not great. And then they had a source book released later um, after the game was officially out that was like, hey, you know in Chechnya when they killed all those gay people? That was vampires.
5: Oh, fuck. Oh, Yet nothing ever goes wrong involving real life tragedy.
0: Yeah, that's the best thing to do when you are... Fucking writing tip for people out there. If you're gonna have like monster stuff and have them be like behind like world purge perj- like world stuff either do something from centuries ago that no one gives a fuck about anymore or just don't do it.
3: So, you r- you remember how I mentioned I played uh Mage the Ascension? Yes. You want to guess how that what what caused us to say, "Yeah, we don't want to play this game anymore." Was that? He had the vampires be the ones who did 9/11. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah, so some of Bin Laden, one of the... Uh, one of those... <laughs> and I
3: had actually forgotten that until you mentioned the real world <laughs> Oh my that's god! that's the kind of thing that I'm like. That doesn't matter. I'll just put that in like the deep archives of my mind library. I don't need to remember this. He sounds
4: like the person who would have made vampires the people who did Columbine.
3: No, he's a he's a, normally a great guy and wouldn't normally do this kind of stuff. But guess what had happened like two months prior and was on everybody's minds. No. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and, like, I, I, like pretty much, like, when he said that we found that on their computers, all of us universally said, too real. Yeah. I forgot that you're old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez laughs> uh, recording, so I can't leave the room. But know that I want to leave the room now. I mean, and, you and can. can.
0: But anyway.
3: I'm professional,
0: unfortunately. So, yeah. As a part of all of these different fucking controversy things happening, Paradox Interactive, who had purchased White Wolf, the original like develop- developers of the game, they purchased like White Wolf and all of its intellectual property from the previous owner. It has all been the whole fucking thing. Uh, so, yeah, they brought it in as a subsidiary of Paradox. And the Paradox Interactive, they're the video game company. When
3: did they do this?
0: Uh, they bought them in 2015.
3: So, was this after, like, a bunch of the controversy, or? Uh,
0: no, the con- No, so, um, so, like- God Vamp- damn it, Paradox. Yeah, Vampire 20th Anniversary, V20 as it's called in the community, that was put out by, uh, I believe, CCP Games, uh, like, or at least put out under their stewardship, and then, after that happened, in, like, in 2011, four years passed, Onyx Path Publishing kind of came in, and they were doing a bunch of the, um, like, uh. They, they did Vampire 20th anniversary. They also did. The, they're also currently doing the Chronicles of Darkness games. And so. Paradox bought the all the info from CCP and then began publishing stuff in house, including their version of 5th edition, which then stopped Onyx Path from publishing their version of 5th edition because they were also working on one before Paradox bought them. Mm. And so, yeah. They put out all that stuff. And then, like, 2017 is when the initial run of controversies happened. And then 2018 game was released officially. Then in, then in later in 2018 the Anarch sourcebook came out. When the when the that source sourcebook referenced, you know, the Antigae purchase in Chechen, and how it was the vampires fault. Yep. At which point Paradox was like, "Hey, White Wolf. You're not allowed to make it anymore. This is ours now." Okay. Okay. So they didn't have
3: a direct hand in it. Okay.
0: Yeah, they, they effectively allowed White Wolf to do whatever they wanted while owned by them. And then they went and they saw that were like, Yeah, no, you're on a leash. <laughs> yeah. And uh
3: <laughs> I, I I like Paradox Interactives. Their games are amazing.
0: Yeah, and so in that then, after that book came out, uh, Paradox then announced that um Modifius Entertainment would be developing this uh would be developing the game from then on, um, with final approval from Paradox itself. Uh, that lasted for two years, and then in November of 2020, they announced that they'd be partnering up with Renegade Game Studios in order to publish the book, while they developed everything in-house. And yeah, that's been the history of Vampire: The Masquerade Fifth Edition, a game that, even without the controversies, people seem to be very divided on. Because from like looking around, like uh, different responses to this, it seems like for the most part. The wider populace are like, hey, this is a great new update to the game that makes it feel fresh and, like, modern and has a lot of really interesting mechanics in it. And then everyone who used to play Vampire before was like, they dumbed this down so fucking much, and I hate what they did to the meta plot, that I'm just going to stick with the uh, V20 and never touch 5e again. I'm oh, sorry, V5 again. And so that's what we're well, going into.
3: Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Insist- ne- never thought that I... Play a controversial TTRPG that's controversial for trying to be less controversial.
0: I don't fucking know, man. Some I, I have no idea how many of those like a, like opinions are like, hey, yeah, I have actual problems with this in terms of like the meta plot, and what's happening, and I just don't like playing it anymore. And how much of it is man, these fucking go woke go broke bros? Because I saw people actually complaining that Vampire went woke in V five, and I'm like, you dumb motherfucker, they're vampires. Vampires are the gayest monster. Exactly. Yeah, for
3: sure. Like, like
4: ugly, probably werewolves.
3: Like, I mean, and like, vampire, vamp- vampires have like overtly been treated as a metaphor for homosexuality in the media since like the
0: 60s. One of yeah. the earliest, van- one of the like very early popular vampire stories was just straight up about a gay woman. Yeah, Carmella. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Predate yep. Predates Bram Stoker's Dracula by like 20 fucking years.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and so, very well written. And so, like, the idea of, oh my god, they made vampires woke. I'm just like, you did you just look at a vampire for the first time today?
3: <laughs> Be gay. The Be woke vampire. culture is trying to ruin our game about centuries old, incredibly wealthy, incredibly powerful entities that just take whatever they want, and oh god.
0: Yeah. It's like, how
4: dare you? I want to be gay and vampire.
0: <laughs> okay. But
1: no, that's what they're mad about.
0: Yeah. It's like, I want to be straight vampire. Fuck these gay bullshit. Who's list at? Uh,
4: no, gay and only gay.
0: <laughs> yeah. You are only allowed to be gay. As soon as you get bit by a vampire, you're gay.
3: Can I be Stay European?
5: What? How do you no. know? Supernaturally <laughs> inf- supernaturally enforced homosexuality. How
4: do you how do you think we spread it around? Like that, it's not against the gay agenda for me to say that, but I can get in some
0: trouble. Yeah, it's not the chemicals making oh. the, it's not the chemicals making the frogs gay. It's all the witchcraft.
4: My aunt would have it's loved like,
0: to hang out with it's you. the nine powers.
4: It's not that they're putting chemicals in the water to turn the freaking frogs gay.
3: It's vampire. <laughs> They're, literally, a vampire just goes over the water, drips five drops of blood in every night, and it's just working slowly, but it's working.
0: It's like, I don't know what's happening. We just find these frogs. They just have these bite marks on them. I don't get it.
3: <laughs> why do we, why
0: they sparkle. They, do sparkly, we they you, got things.
4: Why do you think we tell you, you know, not to drink uh, tap water? <laughs> it isn't because tap water is bad here in America. It's because it turns you gay. Yeah. I say that oh, yes. while I'm drinking tap water.
0: Yeah, so enough about enough about the jokes. Let's get into the book itself. And I'm going to just start out. I'm going to have some things I'm going to have nice things to say about the system because the system I think they do some interesting things with it that I enjoy and I'm going to have some fun running because I think this might be a fun game to run. Whoever fucking laid out this goddamn book, I want to stab in the fucking dick. If it's anything like the Hunter book, I know. I know how bad it is. To me, it's fucking worse. I hate this. I'm going through it right now. And fucking God. So it's all just plain white plate pages, which is black text on it. There's Uh-oh. so much dead space in here. Like, straight up. I'm looking at one page. It is a third of the page is just nothing.
3: Oh, God, seriously?
0: Yeah. That's and That's worse it's- than the Hunter book was. Yeah, like, I'm going to see if I can just fucking get a screen cap of this page and send it to you all because it is like a fucking nightmare goddamn page in terms of like just layout. And for some reason, it won't let me scroll down on the goddamn screen cap thing. I can only scroll up.
5: If you just want to capture whatever's on your screen, you can hit the Windows key and print screen. Oh, that works. Yeah. Oh, oh my. Oh. That,
0: that's hey. over a third of the page. Terrible. That's. An average th- that happens all the time throughout this goddamn book, and like I'm gonna send you also page of the just the normal layout of a page.
3: Okay, I no I I just why put some why flavor are the text. In so big? In. Why are the-
4: okay 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 uh, <laughs> what what they <laughs> should have done here? Did is, they have
3: a minimum page account they had to hit?
4: Uh, with all the I. Uh, this dead space around it. You want to know what they could have done? Art. They could have put in a little banner. Could have, like, uh, moved some of the text one place. Show a picture of what you're showing like they did in the first screenshot you like, sent to us. Yeah, I like, can only understand why
3: one on of these sides' space. margins is so big. Because, like, that's the fold in the book that makes sense. Like, NB J- said it perfectly. Put down the side what the section of the book you're in. Bottom of the page big flowery text name of the game number what have you top of the page like core book is the only thing at the top of the page and it's as tiny as all the rest of the text
0: yeah
4: Th- they yeah, could have made it like that's... the starfinder book
3: yeah,
0: that ju- yeah just fine. any any kind of like just like flourishes make it feel like you're doing vampire stuff so just... I
3: have never seen this much wasted space in a ttrpg book so to I mean, discuss
0: is... to to discuss the layout of the book that everyone's reacting to the general layout of the book is three vertical columns, all very thin, with the text going entirely along those. The rest of the page is just blank. It's like it's like on like an eight by eleven page, and it and the fucking there's text, at
3: least an inch and a half on each margin.
0: Yeah, it's eight and a half by eleven, and then the text and like the actual like layout of the text <laughs> takes up like five and a half by seven.
3: It is fucking ridiculous. And you say like, that I. I I was obsessing on the first one because I'm like, oh, I can fix this easily. I'll just add a little box with maybe a letter written from a vampire ancestor or something to
0: add a little bit of lore to the world. Oh, d- don't worry about lore. I'll talk about that. <laughs> this is the storyteller system. But yeah. so we'll get we'll get to that. But uh, so the first page I sent uh, was two of those text box, like two of those little things, two of those vertical columns, um, both taking up only half the page. The rest of it is just blank. And then the bottom half is some artwork. Don't expect that style of artwork throughout the rest because the art in the book is also fucking awful. <laughs> it Like, half of it is... Like, like, a third of it is painted stuff like that. A third of it is just photos they got from the music festival. The other third of it is, like, heavily photoshopped and edited photos to get, like, you know, the vampire feel to it. None of them line up in terms of, like, actual fucking, like, um... Like, tone or style. It is just a fucking... Nightmare. They just they just took they went to three different art departments and said, "Hey, make us something that looks kind of vampiry." And then one of them failed the assignment while the other two did the bare minimum. I fucking hate it. It is horrendous. This book is disgusting. And then we get to the yeah, actual like layout of information. The first thirty-five pages of this book are just—it's the lore stuff, and not even good lore. It's just. Like, the first 20 pages is... I have a, another complaint Okay, cool. About we'll, get the your, we'll get to your complaint in a second, because I'm in the middle of complaining. <laughs> yeah, I know. The first 20 pages is a letter written by... Why well, We get to the end of it, and the re- big reveal is it's written by Wilhelmina Harker. For those who don't know, do. Wilhelmina Harker is one of the main characters from Bram Stoker's Dracula.
3: hmm
0: mm. Yeah. And uh, gets
3: very poorly portrayed in most... Uh, Film versions of Dracula.
0: Yeah, uh, for those who have seen, for those who have seen uh, the film version of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
3: Oh, <laughs> I love that movie, but it is not a good. It's not a good movie. Yeah,
0: she's a vampire in that. She's also in you know the book, the comic book, and she's way better in the comic because she's basically the leader of the team. She's great. Her, the reason she gets put it, the reason she gets put in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is because she has experience surviving and defeating very powerful evil men. It's great. She's fucking great in that book. Uh, but yeah, so it's all just a typed out letter, just explaining in no uncertain terms the core theme and shit of the goddamn world. Which is which is the way she puts it. Beast I am less beast I become. We'll get to that. After that, there is then another like fifteen to twenty pages of just Dumb in-universe shit that I don't fucking understand the purpose of, or the layout of, for that matter. Like, it is just so needlessly long and convoluted, and some of the shit is just literally unreadable. Because some of it's typed out, some of it is, like, page like, printed out layouts, and some of it's just handwritten notes, and the handwritten shit, I can barely fucking read half of it. Mm. Oh, I love that. So that's great. After we get through all of that... We then get into the actual book layout proper, talking about the concepts of the game. And that also is just kinda lore. No mechanics or anything. We don't get we don't get any mechanics until page like 65 of the fucking book, at which point it's also packed in with just more lore. It's like a hundred fucking pages of lore almost. Because that's the big thing with the vampire. Vampire the Masquerade is largely about the meta plot. They have been doing this for like thirty fucking years, and that is that is one of their biggest things. It's actually been one of the things that has driven me away from this system the most. In that I don't give a shit about meta plots in things like fuck a Forgotten Realms. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like the only reason I care about Galarian at all is because they is because fucking Paizo makes a good books. Yeah, and even them kind of not really. I don't give really give a fuck about meta plot in that either.
3: Yeah.
1: Same. I have
3: never I, I, paid attention to the meta plot.
1: <laughs> I think that like there are some really cool like lore elements and world building of Galarian.
0: I really do not like Absalom. Yeah, fair. Oh right, there's also just a fucking just a single page, like two pages in here about the clothing that vampires wear.
5: Oh God! Oh, uh, yes, the most important they dress part like dolls. Of the game. That's all you need to know. Fashion.
0: Yeah. Kindred fashion. Black is still the new black. Feeding is messy and bloodstains are easier to hide on dark fabrics.
4: But what if I want to wear blue jeans and a hot pink t-shirt? I'm wearing all white.
3: Go fuck yourself. Honestly,
1: like a vampire in a Hawaiian shirt is a complete vibe.
0: That is all. that's, That's hilarious. I love that idea. I will say direct quote from the book. This means light-colored clothes, especially white, become status symbols. A bruja in a white tracksuit signals, I'm so skilled, I don't spill a drop. That makes it... Now I don't <laughs> want to wear anything. But wearing but wearing light colors is always a risk, and many kindred, that's what they call themselves, consider the practice as asking for trouble, no matter how tight their blood-drinking game is.
3: Oh, oh God. They
1: found a way to make it so lame.
0: Yep. Yes. they man, ruined it. tight,
5: man. You know, it, it's kind of fitting, though, because it's it's vampires. They're basically the oldest boomers
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> trying to be him. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. When you're right, you're yeah. right.
0: Yeah. And so from there, I guess let's get into the part of the lore that actually well, matters.
3: Well, can I say oh, my right. piece about why I don't like uh, the layout? Apologies. Go ahead, Cave. So a lot of people who play TTRPGs suffer from ADAD, ADAD, ADD, <laughs> ADHD, and other, you know, disorders that make it hard to, like, comprehend this kind of shit. Hi. So Hi. why are you putting Hi. three <laughs> tiny row columns of information? I've already, I, I've tried to read this one page Dad sent me three times, and
0: I keep getting confused and distracted. Oh, it gets worse as we go further in, because the text is justified, too. Oh, no. For those who don't know what justified text is, it's when you get to the end of a word, and that word won't fit in the thing, so you just put a dash and finish the word in the next sentence. And so imagine it's justified between pictures.
3: Oh, no. Uh, Why?
4: I'm going to forget what the sentence said
0: yeah and also actually speaking of adhd stuff the book also flips back and forth like randomly between just pure white pages and then pure black pages
3: no no No. god this it's like they wanted to do everything they possibly could wrong (sighs) how
4: how do you mess up this bad
0: it's Uh, awful
4: i would like i'd like to speak to the manager
0: this book costs 35 dollars
4: also $35 for torture I'd rather just go back home to Oklahoma
0: also 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 this book I bought it off I bought it off DriveThroughRPG.com. not a sponsor but fucking hey, pay us money no, uh, fucking drive through they updated this this book was this file on their server was last updated in April of this year
3: oh no mm-hmm.
0: I went through this they still have printing mistakes Oh, no. On the same goddamned page, they reference they reference a uh, mending uh, vampires mending, like healing from damage. It says, hey, page 218. Then on a different then in like the same page but a different row, the different column of the text. It then says, hey, see, mending with blood. Page 21. The same reference to the same page on the same page. <laughs> and they got it wrong. fucking hate this book it's just a travesty it's a travesty
4: they, they should allow ADHD people to remake this book at least then it'd be it wouldn't and look this is, terrible
3: this is something I miss about quality control actually having like outside quality. testers to do things because <laughs> most groups are like especially with fucking video games yeah we're just gonna test it by just releasing it and that's that's it. Like it'll work. Fucking like out, at
4: really. least with all fifth editions faults, at least they have unearthed darkana.
3: And at least their books are readable. Yeah, yeah. They're, their their yeah. books are
1: formatted really well.
0: Like comparatively. Comparatively, yeah, absolutely. Like fuck, man. Um. So yeah, before we get into like the actual system itself, like like before rolling dice, because why would you want to know how to roll dice in your TTRPG? Uh, Let's talk about some of the clans. The clans are very important for lore, for, like, both the lore of the world and also, like, mechanically. This is the... Page 65 is when we begin getting mechanics.
4: Fucking hell. (gasps) Like, doesn't the player's handbook and the DMG do that, that for 5th edition, do that, like, almost immediately?
0: Almost immediately gets into, like, some of the very basic mechanics of, like, hey, what is a TTRPG? What die do you roll most of the time?
3: What is a die? They also don't front load their thing with lore that most people don't care about.
0: Yeah. They
4: save those for modules or source books.
0: Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So within Vampire, as far as I'm aware, there are like 13 or 14 main clans and then two other ones that are kind of weird. In this book, there are nine. And so let's go over what those are. I'm not going to go over like deep mechanics about what they actually do in terms of like, in terms of, like their clan bane's and compulsions and shit, which we'll get to that in a sec, or like any other their fucking disciplines they get access to. I'm just going to go over like the b- broad strokes of what they are, and I'm going to be try to try to be funny about it because Christ. So, uh, in alphabetical order in the book, we have the Bruja, the boring ones. <laughs> they're, they're they're literally just anarchists. They're br- oh. but they're anarchists as written by people trying to sell a product.
4: Oh, they're, they're yeah. like Jehovah's Witnesses for anarchists.
0: Yeah, like straight up, the Bruja clan symbol is just the anarchy symbol upside down. Yep. Oh, my really? God. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so that lazy.
1: fucking boring. Why Why is this game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How was this game? Yeah. I will also say, li- like I mentioned, the Bruja are where the na- neo-Nazi stuff showed up, and it's still in this book. As they go over the type of people that get embraced into the clan. <laughs> Wrong. Oddly, oddly appropriate, actually. Give what we're about to talk about. But they say, um. Now,
3: I do have to say this. I find it fucking hilarious that people who are so obsessed with putting their lore forward do such a shitty job creating lore.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> the people, imbra- this the people embraced by the uh, fucking uh, Bruja fraudsters ripping off ripping off their own companies a lawyer representing the poor pro bono, the neo-Nazi claiming to be alt-right, and the basement dweller downloading thousands of movies illegally for redistribution on streaming sites.
4: (laughs) These people all hate each other. That that last one is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, actually, (laughs) these people all hate each other. Yeah,
0: these people all hate each other, but they also hate the system. Thus, they are good for the brouhaha. Uh, are,
4: are Are they more into hating each other or more into hating the man. The man.
0: Yeah. Uh, so next up. I,
3: I will avoid saying anything political.
0: <laughs> yeah. So next up. The gang- won't.
3: <gasps> I'm kidding.
0: Next up. The Gangrel. Honestly, the clan I find the most interesting. Yeah, the Gangrel are cool. Yeah, the Gangrel. The, the Gangrel are the hobos. <laughs> yep. They are like a, a big part of this is like a is like the animalism and, like, the beast nature of the vampire and, like, the curse in being a vampire, the Gangrel lean into that and go, yeah, we are all animals, all beast, all the time. They are the ones who kind of, like, get the access to, like, the, like, shape-shifting stuff. And it's honestly a, it's it's a aspect of vampirism that I don't see a lot in media. Like, how many fucking vampire things, stories do we get where the vampires are just basically animals? Like none, yeah. I think
3: Queen yeah. of the Damned did that to a certain extent, but like, like we like, Queen it, that's like my scrungly vampires,
4: yeah, but like like was an animal that got turned into a vampire, or no, just no, I mean, no, I mean, no, they're animalistic,
0: with... yeah, they're people oh, that are uh, animalistic, yeah, they are people who have like almost given themselves over fully to like the animalism and like the ferocious beast side of being a vampire.
3: In my
4: experience, the only time I've ever seen that is if they're meant to be villains.
0: Yeah. But or they're in, mindless.
4: Like, mindless, or it's played off as, oh, ha-ha, funny.
0: Yeah, and so, like, having an entire clan devoted to that and being able to, like, play into that and explore that concept, I find deeply fascinating.
3: Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. next up. Uh. Next up, the Malkavians. They're the weird ones.
3: They're my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Malkavians are all about. Um, they are effectively psychics. They can see the future. They can like really good at reading people. They get. They mainly turn people who would describe themselves on the internet as empaths.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah, they're, they turn the
3: people who are like, yeah, I'm trying to turn into a mermaid.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the, some of the names that they're called: the Clan of the Moon, the Children of Mulcave, lunatics.
3: <laughs> They're fun,
0: yeah. From there, oh
4: my god, they probably prevent vampirism as an MLM. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: hey, bestie, <laughs> did you know that like if I turn you into a vampire, like you can get all these cool things, and then if you turn your friends, into then vampires, you have all you have
3: to do is turn ten people, cool and you're then like, you'll get an upgrade. Like, it's
0: trickle down <laughs> bloodomics. <laughs> <laughs> Got <you. laughs> Just, just like, get a, get a knock on your door at like 1030 at night. Just, Mel Cave okay of calling? Oh, no. Actually,
3: this is what would happen. This is exactly what would happen. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn you into a ghoul. And then if you bring me 10 people to turn into a ghoul, then I'll upgrade <laughs> you into a vampire. And you can start recruiting your own ghouls. But you have to make sure you follow the pattern.
0: <sighs> next up.
3: And if you ever need to get any more blood, you have to go
4: straight through me.
0: <laughs> so next up. Another one that I find kind of boring, but it's no fault of their own, just kind of... The Nosferatu. They're the ugly ones.
3: They are the Nosferatu. If you've heard of the movie, you know what they are.
0: Yeah. Nosferatu. Within lore, the reason that movie is called Nosferatu and looks like that is because this clan was like, hey, let's put that out there so people think it's fake.
3: And they are my <laughs> least favorite clan because of that. They are the most lame. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs>
1: I am I, not a fan of them, like, just trying to tie in, like, real-world stuff. Yeah, no, it's kind of dumb. It's like, eh. if you're going to do it, don't be so direct about it, you know? Yeah. Don't be, don't be like, yeah, in my source book, I have listed that this is a real thing that exists. All the cool people were vampires.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of cool people, next up are the Toreador. They're the pretty ones. They're the jocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, No, venture are the jocks.
3: Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, I always, I always get those two confused. They're
0: the preps. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Toriador are the preps. Yeah, Toriador they're 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 literally just the pretty ones. You are like if Anne Rice had made fucking like Vampire of the Masquerade shit, she would have written exclusively about Toriadors, probably.
3: Yeah, almost certainly.
0: Yeah. Uh, from there, the Tremere, they're the other weird ones because they're wizards. Apparently, these guys are also relatively new. They used yeah, to be, like I don't remember anything. They used to be like, like. A, they used to be like a different clan, and then they got supplanted by the Tremere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah, like Tremere, they get access to like you know blood magic. Uh, next up, the Ventru, the Jocks. They're called like the Clan of Kings in lore, and for the most part, if you are going into an area where there are where there is a ruling vampire, it's probably a Ventru. And then the last two are the weird ones. So there's the Kaitif, and the Kaitif the- are clanless.
3: Okay, they came up with a term for clanless.
0: Yeah, they are. They're effectively a clan in and of themselves, but they're also not because Kaitif they're they don't get, I believe, any kind of like bane or anything from their clan. But they also don't have um, they also don't have like any of the structure of the clan. They also don't have any um, restrictions on like uh on disciplines they can take. Disciplines are like the vampire powers. You can just kind of be. You gotta be anything, which eh, they're they're kind of whatever. Like they're neat, but also kind of not because they're just there's like, hey, what if you weren't any of these assholes and you were just some kind of cool dude? <laughs> and then the last kind of of the clans mentioned in this book are the Thin Bloods, which Thin Blood. So here's the weird thing about their lore: vampires have been over the course of all of vampire history, have been getting weaker and weaker and weaker. That's why they're divi- that's why they're kind of divided up into generations. Every generation is exponentially more powerful than the next. With all the clans being based off of these fucking 13 dudes called the Antediluvians who are like the children of the children of Cain. Because the first vampire is Cain. Yes, that Cain.
4: Of course
1: it would be. Yeah, and so... I mean, I, I, I've heard that in like other, you know, ideas.
0: Yeah, no. A comic book I really love about the power of murder uh, actually says the power came from Cain. (laughs) And then it got turned into a workout method sold in the back of comic books.
4: I mean, to be fair, in the Bible, Cain is the first person to have ever committed a murder.
0: Yeah. If anyone wants to check out a fun comic, check out The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. But anyway, yeah, so, um, yeah, as the kind of the clans, like, as, as the generations got, like, further and further on, the blood got weaker and weaker and weaker, to the point that Um, the 13th and 14th generations, if they try to, like, make a new vampire, they're probably just gonna make a thin blood. Which, a thin blood is, hey, what if a vampire kind of sucked, and what if a person was a bit fancy? (laughs) Like, they have, they have enough blood in them of the vampires that they're able to, like, go out and, like, have some kind of vampire powers, have some vampire stuff, and they can feed on blood. But they also, it's so weak that they can also just, like, go out into the sun and be fine uh while also uh being able to
3: they're twilight vampires. Uh, huh. what if twilight no, twilight vampires are blood fairies. Yeah. Let's get that correct.
0: Yeah, this is this is like what if Captain America was a vampire. Like that's the idea. It's like someone got someone went to go like, get bitten by a vampire, but instead that's of becoming an a vampire.
3: world's tale if I remember correctly.
0: It's a what if tale, motherfucker.
3: <laughs> what ifs That's sorry. I was <laughs> raised on DC. I'm sorry.
0: I know. But no, yeah, it's, it's like, what if, it's like, what if a vampire went to turn someone else into a vampire, but instead they made a Captain America?
3: Yeah, that, that is actually a comic, if I
0: remember. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, and so that is, that is it for the lore side of things. That was 45 minutes, for fuck's sake. God damn. Now let's get into the actual rules that start on page 115 of the fucking book.
4: Gee. Why? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and hey, guess what? We're not done complaining yet. I have a sticky note on my fucking computer listing all the different stuff, and from the start of the rules to them mentioning hunger is over a hundred pages. What? Sorry, over. Sorry, actually, no, it's not over a hundred pages. It's exactly ninety pages.
3: One of the central like mechanics?
0: mechanics. Yeah, the central mechanic is ninety pages into the start of the rules.
4: Why? Okay. So. Why are you like this?
0: For those who don't know, Vampire the Masquerade is a D10 dice pool system.
3: I love fistful of dice systems.
0: How all mechanics, how all roles work in this is you combine either an attribute and a skill or an attribute and an attribute. All attributes and all skills are rated on a scale of one to five. With one being dog shit and five being the best. You then gather up up a number of dice equal to those two pools added together. So say you were doing like a strength brawl, just going to fucking punch somebody in the face. Your strength is three, your brawl is two, you're rolling a dice pool of five dice. On a roll of six or higher, that counts as a success. uh, And the general thing is like an average difficulty for a thing is difficulty three. So with that same strength brawl thing, rolling five dice... You have to, if so long as three of those dice are six and up, that is a success. Mm. If you roll a 10, that's a success. If you roll two 10s, that's four successes. For every pair of 10s, those 10s count for double. And that's the critical. And then then from there, we add in hunger. Because hunger, as a vampire, is... N- ceaseless, it is never ending, you are always a little hungry. And that hunger manifests itself in your dice pool. Hunger is rated on a scale of one to five, and whatever your hunger rating is, you replace that many dice from your dice pool with hunger dice. So, keeping that thing of uh, five dice, three from strength, two from brawl, if you had, say, hunger two, you would then replace two dice from there with hunger dice. And hunger dice function nearly identically. A six, a six or up is a success. Difference is with the ten and with the one, because if you if you roll a ten on a hunger die and no other tens, it's just a success. Things are normal, things are good. If you roll if you roll two tens with one of them being on a hunger die, that's a messy critical, where you succeed at what you're trying to do but your beast does it and the beast is like the vampire drive so mm. the example they give uh the example i've seen given a lot of times, is just the easiest one Say so you're going to pick a lock you make the roll you get you get enormous success you open the lock everything's fucking hunky-dory you get a you get a messy crit on on a thick pick and lock i mean the door gets opened mainly because the door's not there anymore and like there are like other mechanical things uh, getting into this. Um, it's probably not going to come up a whole lot. I say that knowing Cave's is going to be in this. Hey, why are you why are you upset? It's, you crit all the time.
3: Oh, I thought you were being. I thought I thought I, there was something that I was I should be offended.
0: about. No, it's just saying you crit constantly.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's going to be so many fucking messy criticals.
0: Yeah. Um. Then the other big thing is bestial failures. If you roll a one on a hunger die and fail the roll, then that's just bad, and your beast gets angry and does something bad. Um, typically, the most like a- the most like normal thing to happen is you get a- you must act out a compulsion, which fuck. <laughs> I guess we'll-, we'll get to those. But there's also an option of like losing dots and an advantage, having other shit happen, taking aggravated health damage, because there are two types of damage. Again, we'll get to that. We we'll get to all of this. A lot of things are happening. And yeah, so those are the two main ways that hunger um, manifests itself in terms of dice rolls. I
3: feel like I want to point out that he's supposed to be selling us the system, right? Now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's
1: I know. What I've kind of thought this entire time. It's I, know, like, I know. I know.
5: I know. This is sounding.
0: <laughs> I know, but here's the thing. I like this having having like the having like the hunger thing as part of like the as part of like the like your dice pool stuff and the messy crits and the base deal failures. I actually really like those. Like, yeah, this
3: like, is like that is a
1: cool
0: yeah. concept. Yeah, because like the yeah, idea,
1: I, I do think that's a cool idea.
0: Yeah, because like the idea with this is like you have a beast inside you, it is constantly gnawing at the edges of the cage trying to get out. This that's just,
4: where my demons
0: yeah, sure. Uh, like <laughs> and so having this is probably mathematically way more likely to happen than not. And so it's just going to be a thing that's constantly happening where you're all just basically beasts all the time because it's constantly critting or, be- or bestial failing because like it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a very interesting way to meld in, like, the narrative of your system with the mechanics of it. And it's the thing that I really like. And again, like, with a lot of my problems, like, for going through this stuff, it's kind of layout. Because, hey, every single clan has a compulsion to them. Like, if like if you were to get a bestial failure as a bruja, then you have to go against orders in the next, in the next little bit, otherwise things go poorly for you. If you are... If you are like a fucking Toreador, you have to then obsess over a fucking thing that you find beautiful, be it a song, some artwork, some blood spatter, the sun rising. You then have to just fucking look at it and be like, huh, that's pretty. Why am I on fire? (laughs) And again, oh, God,
3: I am melting.
0: Yeah. And again, the clan stuff is starts at page 65. The clan compulsions list on page 210. Because that's when it fucking starts. (sighs) It's a layout thing. Again, it's bad. Yeah, and so speaking of actually hunger, the way you slake your hunger, as they call it, is uh, through feeding on people. You know? Obviously? Yeah, naturally. Um, Within the system itself, there are like a bunch of different predator types, as they call them, which are just your preferred method of feeding. And all the different predator types give you like certain benefits. Uh, Like, let's see here, some of these. Uh, bagger. You are a person who traditionally just doesn't doesn't drink blood from real people. You drink blood from like bags. You you get bagged blood from like blood clinics or like black market stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that would give you bonuses to like your thievery and larceny stuff. It would give you um some. It would give you uh the access to obfuscate, which is one of the uh vampire vampiric disciplines that make you like can be invisible and shit.
3: That was actually my preferred method in the masquerade video game was to just buy blood.
0: Yeah, uh, there's consensualist where you only feed off people who are willing to be fed on. Where you right. get access to like um, where you get access to, like bonuses to like medicine checks as well as persuad- as well as persuasion checks. Uh, you gain a, you gain like a dot in aspects, which is getting your like ability to which is like making your um, making yourself fancier. I believe is the thing. You also gain a dot of humanity. Okay, we'll get to that. There's Sandman where you only feed on people who are unconscious. It's just oh, <laughs> this guy's taking a nap. Let me just go over and get a little nibble.
3: God, that I'm now I'm thinking about Fallout Three. <laughs> I'm thinking Bill Cosby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Ruben. <laughs> Jesus. Like... Drop, drop
4: top, zip zap, bop.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they're also just like, you know, the vegetarian vampires or whatever, where you are only feeding on animals. And I'll say and I'll say this. I like all that stuff. The thing that fucking pisses me off about it, <laughs> they have this table in the in uh where they kind of talk about like slaking the hunger, where it tells you the amount of time it takes, and time's kind of divided up into like um turns, scenes, chronicles, whatever. A turn, as they describe it, is an amorphous, non-specific amount of time that can be anywhere from drawing a gun and shooting it once to having a three-hour conversation. Hmm.
3: We can't tell James about this.
0: So taking a sip from a human takes three turns. How long does that take?
3: Uh, two. Depends on how convenient it is for everybody.
0: <laughs> yes, because with the way they described it, taking taking a drink from a human will sl- will slake one of your hunger, and can take anywhere from twenty seconds to nine hours. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't need hard rules. Uh, it's storyteller. So We're function. narrative forward.
4: Th- this just sounds like gritty realism from Fifth Edition.
0: Not, only kind of bad. It's just, it's so it's so weird. It's so weird having like this. Like like it's so fucking weird having something be like, hey, it takes three turns to do this. How long is a turn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you're gonna have a thing be turn-based, have your turns be a set amount of time. Because again, like, yeah. like I said, you, you can spend one night drinking from a person, or you can take a couple seconds to drink from the person. It will take the same amount. It will slick the same amount of hunger, which is one, by the way.
3: Time exists.
0: Yeah, I will say the. I will also say the only way, the literal only way to completely remove your hunger, is to completely drain and kill a person. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Doing that will slick your hunger for, like, a scene. You will then get hunger back, and you'll also be breaking the masquerade, which means that every single uh, person of higher sta- station in your area has free license to just murder you.
3: Oh, I know oh. what I'm not doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing you got to keep in mind. If you
3: bruja, oh, you do it anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the, the thing you got to keep in mind with this, the masquerade, as is mentioned in the title, is the most important element of vampire society I think Vampire, has, Vampire Society has like six tenants, and the first one is the Masquerade. If you break any of those tenants, then the fucking neo feudalism lord of your area, because vampires work on a system of neo feudalism. Yep, they have completely within their rights to just have you murdered, and given that they are probably of higher generation than you, they can do it easily.
3: In the video game, they actively do that as like the first scene. Yeah. Not murdering you, murdering your sire, because they did it without asking.
0: Yeah, and so um, yeah, so like I said, uh, hunger is on a scale of 1 to 5 and you can actually risk getting more hunger in order to gain new abilities or new bonuses uh, through something called rousing the blood. Uh, Rousing the blood is something that is done uh, every time you wake up and and every time you activate certain abilities. Um, There are there are certain disciplines, like higher-level disciplines, that need a rouse check in order to, like, see if they go up, See if you get more hungry from using your vampire powers. Uh, you can rouse your blood to heal from damage. Um, you can uh, rouse your blood to just like get a blood surge in order to gain more. Um, in order to gain more dice for a dice pool. Like if you're like, hey, I want this to succeed. You can rouse the blood in order to get a blood surge and add dice to a dice pool.
3: Is that anything like getting angry?
0: Um, no, it's getting hungrier. You know what I'm
3: referencing, though. Do I? You're getting hangy? When I played the mallard?
0: Right. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> Everything was an excuse to get mad.
0: <laughs> uh, well, actually, now that you mention it, uh, there is the risk of going into a frenzy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, In particular for hunger, as re- as related to hunger, um, there is a hunger frenzy where... With all frenzies, a certain thing will trigger a check. I believe it is a, like, willpower check combined with your humanity, or something along those lines. And once you, if you fail that check, you then go into a frenzy, with, there are three kinds of frenzies, a fury frenzy, a hunger frenzy, and a fear frenzy. And then it's just, yeah, you, you make the check, if you fail, this thing happens, if it is a, like, if it is a fear fury frenzy then you just become a whirling dervish of just bestial violence and you have to kill the thing you are angry at once it is dead you then have the ability to potentially drop out of that frenzy uh with hunger you are hunger frenzy only really triggers if you are at hunger four or higher uh at which point you then have to eat and you are most likely to drain somebody dry and there is a terror frenzy which is if you are exposed to fire or the sun, you can potentially just go crazy out of out of pure terror. Because fire is one of the few things that can actually really damage a vampire. Uh so yeah, let's get into damaging a bit. Uh because with this there is conflicts, you'll be getting into conflict stuff. Um there are technically four types of damage you can take. There is um superficial and aggravated of both health and willpower damage. Health damage is obviously just health you know, just getting beaten, stabbed, set on fire, what have you. And then willpower... I've
3: been wounded.
0: Yeah, and then willpower damage is if somebody gets, like, a sick burn on you in an argument, that's willpower damage.
1: Defeating oh, so cooler... It's, it's kind of like Disco does. Elysium, where you have, like, um,
4: <laughs> physical damage
1: that you can take, but also you can take emotional damage from sitting in a chair.
0: Exactly.
4: <laughs> Thine mother.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like, like Disco Elysium is actually a really great comparison for in terms of, like, damage types for this. Uh, But yeah so, yeah, so superficial damage is, um, for vampires, stuff like punches, kicks, non-lethal stuff, and regular weapons. So if you get shot by a gun, that's the same as being punched in the face. Um, aggravated damage is, particularly for vampires, fire, sunlight, and the claws and teeth of other supernatural creatures. So like, you get punched in the face by a vampire, that's way worse than being punched in the face by a guy. And then, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then they actually mentioned um, attacks that reveal secret knowledge about the target or attacks from close friends and trusted figures do aggravated damage to willpower. Oh. Yeah, so um, you have a health track and a willpower track. Um, both of those determined by your um, statistics. I believe health is stamina plus three. And then willpower is like composure plus resolve. And when you take superficial damage, you get you, you, super, superficial damage is always half damage and you mark that as a slash in one box in the track and then aggravated damage is marked by an x if your track would ever be filled up either track would ever be filled up you then become impaired with um with um being physically impaired um, impairing your physical pool so anything involving strength and then impaired willpower being your social and mental um pools because uh yeah the things are divided up into like Physical, social, mental, with each of those having three attributes, and then those tracks having nine skills each. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff you can do in this system. There, I like I like a lot of skills, and it's like kind of interesting the way they like divvy stuff up because you can because you can have like a mental pool to shoot a gun. Like that's kind of one of their main things. Is like it's like a composure plus firearms is your main gun stat. But they can also have like manipulation plus brawl or some shit to be or like fucking faint somebody out and juke them out and fight. There's a lot of interesting combinations of stuff that I really like how they work that in. in. Healing and stuff that's all done through like uh, just spending time or rousing the blood. And yeah, uh, specifically rousing the blood heals a very specific amount of damage determined by your blood potency. And in the quick start we're going to be going into, none of that is mentioned. Oh, lovely. Yeah, the the quick start thing thing that we're doing because we're playing the quick start, um, it, it cuts out like half the core mechanics uh, why because it's people's first time playing the game and we gotta ease them in you know fucking throw people in the fucking and dick first if you want to fucking get learn to play your game and It's also no
3: a, but you also don't cut out half of the game
0: it's also a narrative you first game why,
3: the, the mechanics
0: it's also a narrative forward game so they don't want to block you down with mechanics they're fucking assholes <laughs> i i <laughs> I'm very hungry. Tell us how you really feel. I'm very hungry and doing this and very angry. Fucking, if you assholes out there doing like, doing like, uh, the only way to fucking do narrative forward is to do rules like games. Go fuck yourself. I hate it. You can have mechanically dense games that also have a strong narrative element. <laughs> and we will prove
3: this eventually.
0: <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I, there's stuff I, I had a full fucking... List of things about shit you could do. I'm. I feel like. I feel like at this point I've explained enough of like the core mechanics of the system, at least the core mechanics that we'll be dealing with. Because there's also a bunch that just don't fucking come up because they're not in the quick start.
3: See, now I'm the thing I'm most worried about is one of us being like, "Hey, can I use this ability?" And that's like, "That's not mentioned anywhere in the quick start."
0: No, I'm mainly bringing it up because <laughs> i mainly bring mainly thought about bringing it up because I'm going to be allowing it. Okay. Because, like, if it's in the core rulebook, you could fucking do it. Yeah. uh, Only other thing to mention, uh, worth mentioning. Uh, With willpower, you can spend willpower to re-roll dice. Ooh. Yeah, remember, willpower is your social health, and you can essentially take superficial willpower damage in order to re-roll any three dice from a dice pool that aren't hunger dice. Which... It's actually kind of a fun thing, of, uh, just like taking like mental damage in order to uh, reroll stuff, but also not being able to reroll your hunger. And there's interesting shit in that of like being able to try to avoid a bestial failure or avoid a messy critical. Like if you roll,
3: nah, I want to do messy criticals.
0: Like if you rolled enough stuff in order to get a success, but got a messy crit, you're like, yeah, I don't want that. You can spend, you can spend willpower to reroll that shit. It's secret it- seem so fun. It does seem fun, but another- yeah, but there's gonna be times where you don't want to just rip
3: the door off and throw it at the guard.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like in terms of. Yeah, so I'll actually explain some mechanical stuff that can happen that isn't just narrative, because there is mechanical stuff. Um, if you get a messy crit, you could gain a stain from committing a, from committing a monstrous action. A stain is effectively humanity damage. Because everyone does have humanity in this. Humanity is a stat that um constantly goes down.
3: Like say if you rip a guy's head off.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. All of you will be starting effectively at humanity seven, which means you're you're basically monsters, but you still have some humanity. You can like you. You can like rouse the blood in order to like have food taste good. Um, you can by by being humanity seven. You can fake having sex with a dexterity charisma test.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're humanity oh, eight, it, if you're eight, though, you can just have sex regularly and maybe even enjoy it.
2: <laughs>
3: because again,
0: they they they. Put mechanics onto having sex, because this is vampire, baby.
3: Uh, we're the, I, I, can ima- I can imagine there are players who are like, no, I gotta stay at humanity eight.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna just say this. We're gonna be talking about some lines of male stuff later. We're not having sex in this game. No, no, we're not. Yeah. Just no, sex is not happening. Anyway, other stuff that could happen from messy crits. Um, you could lose an advantage. Advantages are another thing. Put you invest dot to do what you're in character creation. Not involved with the quick start whatsoever. Um, if any of the conditions, um, if any of the stuff that we mentioned here, like, isn't, uh, possible or doesn't fit the narrative, you just, you can just fucking act out a compulsion. Uh, And you can also just break the masquerade. That's stuff that can happen from, um, messy criticals. They're not all fun all the time. Especially not when I'm running them.
3: Will you tell us what the messy critical would be and then we get to decide, uh, if we want to spend the willpower to re-roll? Uh, yes, that's fair. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, like, um... That's kind of an interesting thing with this. Um, this system is very much begging the drum of player agency is the most important thing. You are playing monsters, and so having the player have most control over what that monster does, so it doesn't like fully go against anything that, like, they, anything that makes them particularly uncomfortable, that is very pushed in this. With the exception of Frenzies, because Frenzies is then the DM takes over. Sorry, right. the storyteller takes over. But... You can spend a willpower point to get one turn in control of your frenzy. How long does that turn last? Fucking who knows?
4: Nah, <laughs> uh, seven.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's just frustrating because like, there's so much. There's, there is a. I feel like there is a lot of potential with this system to tell some interesting stories. It's just they have spent so much time and so much effort to not mechanically work that out at all, and so it's just like, hey, it's hey, storytellers, tell your story stuff. Do. Do what you do. The golden rule, remember, these are just these aren't rules, they're guidelines. Fuck you, no, they're not. I spent $35 on this, they're rules. <laughs> God damn it. I know that like that, yes, that is the golden rule of things. Any system that you like, any system that you play, you can bend and break the rules or just change the rules or ignore them entirely. It's whatever's the most fun for your table.
3: The rules are there to keep everything fair and give us the best framework to start from. I've always treated Rule Zero as. If there's an argument in the rules, or there is no rule, that's when you just make up whatever shit you want. Unless you're talking about the shittiest rules that certain systems have. Like gold having weight.
0: I like rules. They give everyone a shared language in order to interact with the world.
3: And then you don't have a DM who just asks you for money in order to allow you to do anything you want.
0: (sighs) I shouldn't have come into this hungry. But yeah.
3: What do skeletons eat?
0: Eh, trash.
3: Oh, that's a shame. Here, Mom.
0: Yeah, so, that's Vampire the Masquerade in a nutshell. Did I sell you on the system, y'all? <laughs> wow.
3: Uh, I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> uh, so, Starfinder next week, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did a bad job at this. I'm not people with people out there who like Vampire. I find this fascinating outside looking in, and I'm interested to see how it plays. It's not the system's fault that the people who made the book made the book trash. But yeah. So, Vampire, the Masquerade, the quick start. It is a scenario called The Monster, parentheses, s- Wow. Yeah.
3: How inspired. Yeah. Wait, it, it, I, I, I. did I have an audio hiccup, or did you say The Monster, parentheses,
0: it's The Monsters, but the S is in parentheses like it's the title of an Evangelion movie.
3: Fucking Christ. Oh, my God.
0: And honestly, that might be a bit of a spoiler, but we'll get into that. But so I
3: hate Evangelion.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, we're
0: going to have a bit of a Rule Zero thing, just kind of talking about stuff that's going to be happening in the book, and it's, stuff that's going to be happening in this quick start. There's a note at the start of it that says, The Monsters contains explicit violence and murder the taking of blood without consent, violations of personal integrity, and references to sexual predation. Is there anything in that list that y'all aren't comfortable with?
1: Yeah, uh, the sexual predation. Okay. I was going to say.
0: Yeah, I will say. That's <laughs> understandable. I will say, from what I have read, the reference to sexual predation is someone saying they like it rough and that's it. It doesn't get into any okay. specifics within the within the narrative, and I'm not going to get into specifics either. Do you want? We we can just have that removed entirely, or we can just like, or can just like play it down a bit. We don't like. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. When we actually play this, I'm gonna be putting a soundboard thing in there for an X card, which is gonna be like the fucking Family Feud strike noise.
3: <laughs> so the, if something makes us too uncomfortable, we can just be like, and eh, that's where that
0: is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because th- this thing is some stuff in the back of the book about like lines and veils, X cards, being able to just walk away from the table at any time because that's. The tables, it's an open door. Anyone can leave if you're too uncomfortable, you need a minute. Those are all in effect. Safety right. to, safety tools, as, like, in terms of, like, lines, veils, that stuff, the, those, I think, were a great addition, and I actually really love them. Having the fucking, like, 19 different things, we have to download a fucking, like, branded pack of cards, that's the shit where I'm like, that's gone too far. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh,
3: I'd prefer if all references to it were just removed because that kind of shit just makes me uncomfortable and th- that's when I just like sit there and like eh, I'll just wait for Save. this part to be over
0: okay so sexual predation just, that's just out um, downgrading that to just to um, kind of similar like veil references of just like domestic abuse is that too far or is that okay because again we're playing shitheads we're playing monsters with monstrous uh, yeah. people this will not be this specific stuff Will not will not be stuff y'all have done as characters. This is gonna be stuff NPCs okay. have done.
3: Cause that was gonna yeah. be my thing. Like like so long as my character doesn't have to participate in it, because Yeah. Yeah. There are some things where like I'm like, fuck no, that's horrible. Why would anyone ever do that? Yeah,
5: I'd rather and... not play the murder rapist necrofucker.
0: Yeah, none of you will be playing <laughs> yeah, none of you will be playing uh characters from what I have read. None of you will be playing characters who were involved in anything sexual.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's perfect. I'll be playing a nun. <laughs>
0: A vampire nun.
3: <laughs> hey, it could it's happen.
0: Yeah.
5: I mean, hey, they talk about drinking the blood of Christ all the fucking time. I
3: thought this was a narrative first. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: that, I, <laughs> yeah, the blood and body of Christ. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else that we think of, like, in the meantime, we can send in the chat. Talk amongst, talk amongst ourselves. Anything on the day that comes up that we didn't think about beforehand. That's what the X card's for. Yep.
3: All yeah. right.
0: Yeah, we, we we're playing this like it's a thing. It's a philosophy I have with horror games, where I want my players to be like with like the horror stuff. I want to make my players as uncomfortable as they are comfortable being.
3: Mm. Yeah, just like for the horror movie, book, or video game, you should be able to put it down.
0: Yeah, part of the fun exactly. of horror is being uncomfortable and being taken out of comfort zone. You want to be able to just like eject out of that if it gets too much. Yeah,
3: that's actually yeah. why I can't play like most horror video games. Like the uh the dark picture stuff isn't scary enough to freak me out, but like I still remember when I was a kid playing the second Harry Potter game when the demon dogs attack you <laughs> and just having to like walk away. <laughs> My brother still makes fun of me for it.
0: Alrighty. Uh and so um with that we also now move on into character selection. There are four characters in this quick start. Hey how convenient what? <laughs> yeah, this will be our coterie. But that means uh, Ghosty can't play. <laughs> so, um, normally we do like dice roll stuff for this, but there's a dice roller thing we got to do with that. And like, I don't want to have to adjudicate weird fucking rules of like, hey, we both got the same amount of successes. Who goes first? So, I'm going to just go down the list of who we have, uh, starting with some because she's new here.
5: Yeah.
0: So, I'm going to give you the character name and their concept, which the concept is the broad, overarching thing of who is this character? Simply so just like one to two okay. words. So we have right. we have Eileen Doss, the muse. We have Charles Cruz, the white hat. We have Juana Jones, the cat lady. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. And we have Paul Clooney, the quote unquote protagonist. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could be the muse. All right. Uh, the first one. Uh- Alrighty, that is Eileen Doss, the Toriador.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Eileen Doss.
0: Yep. I oh. and I will be sending you all the character sheets um, as soon as we're done here.
3: I, I please tell me that Juana isn't a Nosferatu. We'll get there. Okay, it's your choice. I'll, I'll take Juana. She's a Nosferatu. <laughs> Damn it!
4: <laughs> <laughs> you wanna play a Nosferatu?
0: No, I really don't. <laughs> I hate them. Because <laughs> their whole gimmick is yeah, we're,
3: we're ugly. Yeah.
0: Well, no, her gimmick is she's a cat lady.
3: No, her gimmick is she's ugly. <laughs> That's her gimmick.
0: All these characters have all these characters have apparent age, and hers is indeterminable. At least sixty plus. Everyone else is late thirties, well, except for Eileen. She's she's late twenties. How do you spell it? Um, J U A N A. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think it's just like the like female version of Juan. But I don't know, who knows? Alrighty. Uh next up, Enby. We have Charles Cruz, the White Hat, and Paul Clooney, the protagonist. Uh
4: Charles the protagonist, quote unquote. And who else?
0: No, it's Charles Cruz Charles Charles Cruz, who's the White Hat, and Paul Clooney, who's the quote unquote protagonist. Those are our two remaining.
4: I I gotta see who the white hat is. Well, not the white hat, uh the protagonist.
0: Alrighty. So that leaves uh the so that leaves the white hat, Charles Cruz, to Reuben. How uh, uh, The glory of being last and on the line in terms of um, alphabetically. <laughs> Reuben
1: s- s- sets his name to uh, something with A at the start.
0: A Reuben. <laughs> Aardvark Reuben.
3: <laughs> Double A. Now you know you're going
0: first. All righty. So let's send off these character sheets. There is Eileen. There is Charles. There is. I'm so unhappy. Wanna,
3: wanna play?
0: And there oh, is. They're not as
3: ugly as they usually are.
0: And there is Paul. Yeah. All of these things came with character art, by the way. And um, there's but there was also a bunch of character art when like actually going through the clans. Um, I hate the visual so design of the vampires because all of them look like they smell like shit.
4: It just looks so boring.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I shall say, I'm um, Charles Cruz. He is the Bruja. And Paul Clooney, the protagonist, is the Mulcavian.
4: what what's Mulcavian again? the jocks?
0: Uh, no. Malkavians are the crazy ones
4: ah, i get I get to shapeshift
0: uh, do you yeah, get- they, they all I really the- do look so boring, yeah. I think you're thinking of the Gangrel. Ah.
3: yeah, you you get to consult the moon, yeah, and things like that.
0: you get to, like, kind of see the future a bit, yeah. um, yeah. all these guys have um. All these guys have like a couple powers. Uh, I will say, like in terms of character creation stuff, while they are missing half, well, they are they are missing like a third of the character creation. They do follow the rules at least. Yeah, you know, all of them uh, in terms of build have the like same have like all the same general layout of attributes, which is I believe it's one do- like one attribute at four dots, three attributes at three dots, four at two, and one at one.
2: Yeah,
3: hmm.
0: and then as in terms- soon as I
3: heard "cat lady," I was like. That's going to be the Nosferatu, and some is not going to pick them, so I'm going to be the Nosferatu. <laughs> As I stated before, I don't like the Nosferatu, it but I get to do, de- I get to like control animals or something.
0: And it could have uh, been worse, You could have been the Bruja.
3: I'd have been fine with the Bruja. You're the one who hates the Bruja, <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking Bruja. You sure, I, w- I wanted
3: uh, huh? to like I wanted to play a a, a female character because I actually prefer playing female characters. So I am a fucking bruiser, though.
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah,
3: <laughs> like I can take a beating and deal one out.
0: Yeah, Wanda Jones, oh, I think, is the only person man. who has like um disciplines that make her deal aggravated damage. Lethal body. Yeah, she is the fucking powerhouse of this coterie. This coterie, by the way, that shares an RV together. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's where you all sleep during the day.
1: Yeah, I I, I'm sorry, I have a hard time believing that Paul looking like a
3: nerd is gonna be hanging out. Yeah, no way in hell Paul Clooney sleeps in the same place that Juana Jones or fucking Charles Cruz do. (laughs) (laughs) I could see him sleeping in the same place as Eileen, because Eileen looks like she might go to a
0: club or two. (laughs) But The other two, I don't buy it. (laughs) Yeah, like, I did, I, so, I was gonna make that same joke. I fucking, when looking at the actual, like, design of these characters, um, both in terms of, like, the character sheet, and in terms of, like, the, like, style sheets they give, all of the women look like they're going to very specifically themed club openings.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And then there's Paul.
0: Yeah, and then all the dudes, I, I say this, all the dudes look like they smell like shit. Like Charles Cruz looks homeless, and Paul looks like he either doesn't shower because it like to like removes testosterone or something, or he looks like he just uses like the worst cologne.
3: Oh, that that he's an axe bro. He's an axe bro. He's to me, Paul looks
1: like a nerd who thinks that like axe smells good or something.
0: Yeah, he looks like he has several active Reddit accounts.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this is what I this is what I say about our our party shopping habits. Eileen goes to like the Salvation Army and stuff to find like good like clothes that are actually still good that like will look good on her to wear. You know what I mean? Like she I don't remember the term for it, but there's a term for people who are like I shop at the Salvation Army because they have amazing clothes for great prices. That's Eileen. Charles Cruz Hasn't been clothes shopping in a while because he doesn't really care. Wana went to the dumpster behind Salvation Army, and Paul paid a a fashion designer to design him the most like you want to punch this guy in the face outfit he could find. Okay, yeah. Here's my Paul here's- is
1: wearing. Let, let's describe for the podcast uh, oh, yes. what Paul is wearing. He is wearing. What appears to be a trench coat, um, with
0: brown slacks. But like one of those the suspenders. Trench coat,
3: the trench coat is open, and yes, belted. the trench coat is open and
0: belted. open and belt. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those like it's one of those like half length trench coats that doesn't get like the full length of it; it just kind of goes down above the knee.
3: Yeah, he looks. So he has stupid. he has a crucifix um, hanging as, from like, his hanging from his hand or belt or something.
0: Like yeah, uh, he's also wearing suspenders and a. Two tone red of and shirt. white,
3: yeah. Two tone red and white
1: shirt, button. where he has, yeah. And it's a button up, and he has one
3: half of the button up on the outside of his pants. Yeah, it's also ha- it looks like he's like a kid wearing his dad's shirt because of how long Wait, it is. Wait, is he
1: only wearing a single suspender too?
3: Uh, how else? Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, he's only yeah. wearing a single suspender. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he is oh, the sucks. most asshole. Holy shit, <laughs> Paul sucks.
4: Awesome. <laughs> He's just like me.
0: Oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, when I was
1: wearing a single suspender, a, tr- a half trench coat that's open but belted.
0: Also, very thick rimmed square oh. glasses.
4: Like oh. thick rimmed square glasses, and his hair his is hair. like it yeah, is. He... It's like how you would imagine, like the rich anime. A uh, character asshole.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is the protagonist. I mean, I, I would oh, describe him as he brushes his hair with a ruler. He's
3: also yes. the only one whose
0: title's in quotes. Yeah, because he's delusional.
3: Everyone else is like, yeah, I'm the muse, I'm the white hat, I'm the cat lady, I'm the protagonist.
0: Okay so, okay, so again, those descriptors are those descriptors are not the way that the character would describe themselves. That's the way that someone talking about them on the internet would describe them. Oh, uh. but like I, I, I lead as compared. To like, oh yes, I'm the muse, because that's, I, that's people don't talk like that. But in terms of like character archetype, that's someone like yeah, I want to make someone who's like kind of like a muse, like one of those like kept people of like rich artists who just kind of lays around being being pretty and doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I also I wanna I wanna get my own description of these people because I have I like making fun of people because I'm an asshole. Eileen Doss, I get the I get the Salvation Army thing from you. She would not be caught dead around poor people. Oh no, 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 no. She she wants people to she wants it to look like she loves the Salvation Army. The outfit she's wearing costs seven thousand dollars. <laughs> uh Charles Cruz looks like he has been pulled in for questioning as being the Unabomber more than once. <laughs>
3: Guys, I still don't have any bomb residue on my hands. Stop it.
0: Wana Jones looked like she wanted to make her outfit based on the Joker's look from the Batman animated series. Not the Batman animated series, but the Batman where he was like some weird like monkey clown. <laughs>
3: where with he's also uh, with got dreadlocks. those white dreads.
0: <laughs> yeah, she also has white lady dreads. <laughs> but yeah. with the name Wana, I think she might be Hispanic. Yeah, probably. So, yeah. so she's Hispanic with white lady dreads huh <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's rough and
3: we've that's already funny. made fun of the protagonist <laughs> yeah i will also say yeah. with
0: this entire thing that's also the reason why i haven't ever gotten into vampire i fucking hate fashion like not not like high fashion the fashion that, the fashion where like people spend a lot of time to look they spend no time thinking about how they look yeah like i spent two
3: thousand dollars to go out in my pajamas
0: yeah, I bought this plain black t-shirt for $500, and I fucking hate that shit. That has been the thing that has pushed me away the most from Vampire, and yeah, it's also-, it's also See,
4: I made it with the trash bag.
0: Yeah, Leak is not a design that I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but weirdly enough, it's also pushed me more towards Chronicles of Darkness, because like, Chronicles of Darkness, from what I understand, strips out, a lo- strips out almost all of the meta plot and then, like, pairs things down to, like, a much more reasonable number of, like, things. Instead of being, like, 14 clans, it's, like, 5. And the metaplot th- isn't there. Like, this, where do vampires come from? Well, the antediluvians... Fuck that noise. Where do vampires come from? I don't know, they're just kind of there.
4: They, they exist. exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
3: like, I... I don't know. Yeah, I, I could go either way on a lot of, like, metaplot stuff, but, like... Yeah, I am okay with that, metaplot, when you don't bog down the book with it,
0: yeah, like yes. Like it's entirely, like my complaints about the metaplot are not about the metaplot itself but more about the metaplot in concept. People who are into the people who are into vampire apparently are fucking like really into the metaplot, but yeah. We are coming into this entirely fresh, so any like story stuff about the metaplot that we don't get, we don't know it. So fucking bleh. fuck off. So, kiss my my bleh,
3: butt bleh. cheek. Yeah, bleh. The only time I <laughs> care about the I ever the- said bleh bleh bleh. <laughs> the only time I care about the meta plot is when I'm playing a module and it might help me survive.
0: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Also, anytime. about we, it
3: when it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Also, anytime we, anytime we say Bleh, I just think about this fucking comic where it's just this vampire's like, I want to suck your dick. It's like, Paul, you don't have to ask every time. You can just do it. And then just him just going Bleh as he drops down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it's a dumb comic. I love so it. so horny. <sighs>
0: But, yeah. So, with that, we've chosen our characters. We've chosen our stuff. We'll be gone for a couple seconds in the recording, at least. Um, but for us, it'll be like a week or two. Uh, as we will be playing through the quick start guide and then coming back, giving our thoughts about the game in motion, the quick start guide as a whole from a player perspective and a, and a storyteller perspective, and then overall thoughts on the system having played it finally. So, we'll be back in a second. Whee! Fuckers. And we're back, everybody. It has been about six days. Since we last played the uh, quick start guide. And, and you have no idea the nightmares that were
3: visited upon us. <laughs> we had to deal with suburbia.
0: Yeah. And also, I've eaten since then. So hopefully I will be more cogent and not just screaming about layout for an hour and a half. The layout is really bad. <laughs> it's fucking it awful. And the quick start doesn't awful, help. Yeah. Like, I'll get into that. I have notes. <laughs> Uh, that's one of the things I love about recording.
4: He has, <laughs> yeah, like, a spreadsheet, and there's, like, a cork board behind him with, like, uh, red... All the red
3: line, yeah. But it just says, fuck whoever laid this book out. <laughs> like, the spreadsheet is just little squares filled in to say, fuck this guy, and the board is just, fuck this guy with red string.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just everyone in the book design and layout team just, all right, fuck all these people individually. <laughs> I'm going to find them on Twitter and then do nothing because I don't want to confront people on Twitter. You mean? Shut up. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> shut the fuck up.
0: It's not going back. I know it isn't. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even going like, shut up. It's not going to Twitter. Like, No, it's it's fucking stupid. And at this point, last time I checked, I believe 69% of people still refer to it as Twitter.
3: Oh yeah, the yeah. majority of people do. I just I mean, like I like to troll cuz I hate the site. Yeah. I, I I just opened up Twitter on
4: my computer. You you want to know what it says?
0: What does it say, MB?
4: In the in the search bar, it is still officially called Twitter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. In my emails,
1: like occasionally I get emails from from Twitter for some reason. Um and it literally says X in parentheses, formerly known as
3: Twitter. <laughs> we're the artist formerly known as Twitter. Still. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I have like a cached version, but like bookmark still saved as Twitter. It still loads as Twitter. Twitter.com is still like the URL. You know, even if you put in x.com, it still goes to Twitter.
3: But that's not what we're here for.
0: That's not what we're here for. We're talking yeah, about vampires. fucking Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition, which I didn't mention at the top of the, the, top of the thing. Uh, system developed and designed by uh, Kareem Wammer. Um, Moomer. I'm probably butchering your last name. I'm sorry. Uh, Kenneth Height and Carl Bergstrom. And the quick start guide actually written by Carl Bergstrom. So this is... that who laid that piece of shit out? uh, No, he didn't. He didn't do the layout. He did the writing. Okay. Because the writing is fine. (laughs) It's just the layout that we have. (laughs) Yep, and the layout continues to be awful in the fucking quick start. I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna... I want to get this out of the way right at the top so we can actually get into, like, the proper thing of it and not just have me randomly intercutting with just... oh, also fuck this part of the layout, but Want to get into it? It still looks like shit, but there are some more specific things that are just real shitty about this. <laughs> so, for starters, footnotes. There are their footnotes kind of throughout the thing, um, nine in total, just kind of explaining some of the key terms of the vampire setting, which I don't have a problem with at all. Having footnotes there, it gives it gives a good thing of like hey, explaining their capitalized things of like kindred embrace what have you, without having to go, like, parentheses and just fuck up the flow of a sentence. What fucks up the flow of a sentence, though, is when they don't format it correctly. So, how they do, like, how footnotes are supposed to look is number in superscript at the end of the word that is connected to the footnote. Superscript, for those who don't know, it's, like, little, like, tiny letters that are up above the line.
3: Yeah, if you're a math guy, it's exponents.
0: Exactly. And so, the first two are formatted correctly. Numbers three through nine are just the numbers at the end of a word. No. Yeah, no superscript, no nothing. Um, actually, uh, Enby, you played Paul in this, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Paul has one of these on his sheets that I sent you.
3: Oh yeah, I remember you showing me that. Oh that. God, I gotta pull his sheet back up.
0: Yeah, you can just you can just pull it up. It'll just be like this fucking- let me, I'm going through to see if I can actually find it. I skipped too far ahead, now I'm in fucking Charles.
3: Charles and George.
0: But yeah, it Sorry. is on the uh second page of paul's thing in his sense the unseen ability it's like this can be anything from uh, another vampire using up obs- using using obvious gate nine <laughs> to someone using aspects to spy on the character to a- to a ghost in the middle of the room
3: oh god that's actually even worse because that implies there are like nine levels to so the. Obvious oh gate my out. god i see it
1: now <laughs> no. right <laughs> Why is it so bad? Also, why do they do? How did they do this?
0: Also, more things about the character sheet that are bad. <laughs> uh, because this doesn't give you the full character sheet for the quick start. It just kind of gives you the front page, and then uh, it gives you the front page, and then the actual quick start guide itself gives you two pages explaining who the character you're playing is, what their relationships are with the other PCs, and what all their abilities do.
3: Wasn't one of them misspelled or something?
0: Uh yes. Um Eileen, who I just realized uh not long after we stopped playing, was probably meant to be pronounced Aileen.
3: No. No, I, it's I, I AI. That. It's I. That's uh, it's,
0: that's it's for a, that's for a lot of that's for a lot of like uh Asian stuff. In English, AI is pronounced A.
3: I refuse to call I, her Aileen. Yeah, her name is
0: Eileen. Also, Eileen is also a real name that I know about now. I forgot, uh. I f- entirely forgot I watch a YouTuber sometimes named Eileen.
3: It's Eileen, <laughs> I, 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 but yeah, you, you can pre- present a mountain right, of evidence. do want to
0: get okay. But yeah, so her name is spelled A I L E E N. If you look at the actual character sheet part of it, her name is spelled A L I E E N.
3: A line.
0: I was gonna say alien.
3: Yeah, alien. <laughs> a-lien. <laughs> alien. Alien. Aladdin.
4: A lion, <laughs> A lion.
0: Uh, but yeah. Go further down to the He's skills.
4: Supposed to be dead.
0: Yeah. Go further down to the skills. Um melee and larceny are in the wrong places. If you look at like the actual official character sheets in the back of the core rulebook and on like any download things, they're all listed alphabetically. So why is melee above larceny? Just you know, fucking why not? And then finally, bottom of the page, um, humanity. They filled out humanity backwards.
3: Yeah, I was gonna comment on that.
0: Yeah, uh, so humanity is a skill with, is, not a skill, a system within this uh, game. We talked a little bit about it's a system where if the number's high enough, you can fuck. Mm-hmm. And how it's supposed to be filled out is for whatever your humanity is, you fill in black boxes at the bottom of the thing. Uh, there are 10 boxes total, and the empty boxes are meant to be filled in with stains, which are whenever you do something that like, breaks a core-held conviction of yours or something you just like horrendously monstrous, you gain a stain. You get enough stains, you can damage your humanity and end up just becoming a complete monster. A really flavorful, and interesting way of like showing the like the slow descent into just like horrendous shit that you do over and over again, having an effect on you and making you less of a person. I love that as an idea. Why the fuck did they fill it in backwards?
3: Yep, <laughs> that's that's my that's I, I was gonna say something and then I was like, nah, this might just be how it's filled in nowadays. Because back in my day, <laughs> back in my day. We did it the other way around. Yeah, And I got yelled at for almost doing it wrong.
0: Yeah. And then also they spelled presence wrong for one of the disciplines. Yep. And the last thing as a formatting thing. So on DriveThruRPG, where I got the quick start from, uh, you'll, be find, you'll be able to find a link for it in the description. Uh, when you get the quick start, they also it also comes with um, four PDFs of the individual character sheets to send to your players. It only includes the player. It only includes the character sheet part. None of the explanations of what anything on it fucking does, or anything about the character you're playing. It's just the sheet. The sheet I sent you guys. I had to fucking screen grab from the Quick Start PDF. Thank you for
3: putting in that effort.
0: I just I don't understand how it's this fucking bad. Cause like I think, let me double check. Because I believe they had updated this since it had been actually released. Quick Start. Oh, okay. Apparently it got updated before it was added to the catalog. Was added to added to roll twenty sorry, added to Drive-Thru RPG, September 10th, 2018. Last updated September 5th, 2018.
3: How bad was it that even with going back, reviewing and updating, they still came away with this?
0: How bad is it that on reviewing and updating they updated it five days before they uploaded it? Because that's what that's that's what I just read. I honestly expect that kind of shit. Like, honestly, like, I expect, like, oh,
3: uh, we're doing updates till the last minute kind of shit.
0: How bad was it? Cave, cave, think about what you just said. Why would they list updates made before they put the thing up for sale? Not even for sale, for grab. Why would they list the changelog for a thing that you never got to see?
3: Oh, God. I know why, actually. I don't think you do. <laughs> I'm willing to bet, like it's something like they uploaded it, and Drive Through RPG was like, "Yeah, no, fix this." <laughs> <laughs> so, like the initial number is like the d- like the day it was originally supposed to go live.
0: Uh, I can't. I, that's a I'll, I'll, okay. In fairness, that's a roll twenty thing, not uh not a them thing. But fucking still, it goes with the theme of fuck the uh, fuck all the printed material for this. The system is good. Just don't just don't get anything they've written.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <sighs> but anyway, so let us get into the Quick Start itself. Um, obviously, spoilers for the Quick Start. If anyone wants to play it themselves, um, also, I guess, just fair warning. Uh, we mentioned this kind of like right before we did got into this. Uh, but throughout this, there will be mention, Uh, there will be references to you know horrendous violence as well as domestic abuse. If any of that shit uh, is rough on y'all,
3: there is one more thing we should mention. Yes. Ruben is no is not a, in this recording any longer because he could not attend.
0: Yes, uh, personal issues came up with Ruben, so he was not able to uh, be there for the actual uh, playing of it, nor for this recording. Um, so, yeah,
4: I killed him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he ran into the personal issue of no longer being alive. But yeah, so it was just it was just a uh, these three players and myself. I was piloting Charles, the character that Ruben had pulled, uh, just kind of as a thing to like have as. Just just that they had the full list of tools they could have access to.
3: And boy, were we tools.
0: Yes, so uh, let's just go through this thing, you know, fucking chapter by chapter, because there are four chapters in this. I, oh, also, final thing to say, we didn't finish this uh, with these quickstart start things. Uh, we only have like, you know, one session to play these just because we just, you know, scheduling and stuff. And we also want to get back to our normal game.
3: Yeah, we're almost finished. Yeah. I'm so hyped.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we want to get this. We want to get this. Just sit down, play it. Bang out as much of it as we could and then get final thoughts from that. Because ideally, a quick start is a one session kind of thing. Like, no one's sitting down for a three week quick start guide.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's not very quick if it takes that long.
0: Yeah. This is meant to just get in, just get in, here are some characters, fucking, let's hash this out and then fucking leave. Give people a quick taste of what the system is and then move on.
3: Teach them some basic mechanics.
0: Yep. Which, uh, well, I'll talk about that at the end. Uh, but yeah, so starting out, our players, our coterie, as it is called in Vampire the Masquerade, uh, have been instructed by the local sheriff, um, Madam Sam Stokes, uh, to to meet up with a detective, uh, contact of hers, Doc, Detective Robert Weber, uh, because some murders have been going on. Uh, so far, there have been two victims. Simon Drummer, a college kid, uh, back on back home on vacation, uh, and Carl Thrush, a guy who still lives with his parents who is doing shockingly well for himself in spite of having yeah, no employment. Who,
3: in my opinion, was the better of the two young men.
0: You say young. Carl was in his mid-30s.
3: Yeah, and I was 80.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you weren't 80. You were turned in the late 80s. You're probably closer to 60.
4: We got a boomer over here.
0: But yeah, and so
4: <laughs> and so once
0: Yeah, so once you get that information, you then kinda left to your own devices. Which we didn't run into too much issue with it, I don't think. We we handled like I think we did it pretty well. Um I didn't have too much issue, like, you know, just making shit up. Uh but as a quick start, it's not great because this is somebody potentially's first time playing the system, and also first time maybe even GMing. Like quick starts are a really solid way to like just kind of get into like learning a system and learning how to GM, because it's, you know, a pre-built thing. Yeah, usually. It's a pre-built thing. You don't have to fucking write anything, and it's all written for you, so you can just fucking sit down, go. This is all incredibly freeform, and everything is left up to GM interpretation. Like, describing locations, describing the people involved, but describing anything that isn't just the numbers. And
4: what do they mean?
0: Yeah, and so, like, having having so little hand-holding for a GM... Well, not even handholding, just like having so little to work with for a GM and just being like, hey, make shit up. It's your story. Tell your story. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. So uh, first our players did was head to the morgue to take a look at the bodies, which was a great thing because the only player because the only uh, character given in this quick start who could do anything was the one I was controlling. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which it's real fucking weird because in the book it says, hey. intelligence intelligence medicine to do the thing. If several characters are present, only the one with the highest dice pool can roll. But you add one die for each other player character present with at least one dot in medicine. Which is a
3: mechanic I actually really like.
0: Yeah, it's a really simple I like that idea. Yeah, it's a real simple way of like having aid be a thing without going into like, alright yeah, so you make a check and you make a check for everyone who succeeds, you add this much to your thing. It's just real, fucking flat, simple. They knew the characters they made and only gave one of them any dots in medicine. My argument for
3: this is that it was likely intended in case people built their own characters.
0: If you built your own characters, the scenario falls apart. It does? Yes, we'll get to that.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, so. That seems bad.
0: Uh, for. I, I can understand it to an extent because, like, they are. this. This quick start is very much. We want to tell a specific story. And it's kind of hard to do that. When you have two people making some fucking serious characters, one person like fucking going Munchkin DPS, another person going like, I made Higgledy Bigglesworth. He has 19 points in fucking subterfuge and his charisma dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of hard. To t- yeah. that, that does sound
3: like our average table, at least the average table I've experienced. My character's name is Absurd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my character's name is Absurd.
3: I actually, like, started working out trying to build an absurd character in Pathfinder. No, of course you did. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. You have to be human. This all is the only hint I'm going to give.
0: But yeah. From there, murder scene. Murder scenes. They went to the, went to, you got to, you, you were told of two murder scenes. One was a, uh, like, sewage outflow pipe, and the other one was just a glade in the forest. You ignore the outflow pipe and just went straight to the forest. Where we got our use of the first vampire powers. Yeah. And uh, I guess for the people who used the vampire powers, which were only Enby and Cave.
5: Yep.
4: <laughs> Listen, wiping people's minds is just the best power ever. It really
0: is. It is. Sho- it was shockingly useful for y'all.
3: I, I especially applaud your, like, uh, at a later point in the module, like, we were being, like, kind of pursued-ish, and Enby just stopped and said, you didn't see us. And then kept going. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the best use of that power.
0: Yeah, just full Jedi mind trick the guy and saved you a combat scenario that could have dealt you aggravated damage, which in the system, you don't know how to fix this fucking module. But yeah. Also, Cave uh, got to use uh, his uh, wanna Jones animal abilities and talk to some birds, some very New Yorker birds. <laughs> I own a fucking sandwich shop. How you doing? <laughs> But no, I guess like just from like mechanics flavor, like you using the powers themselves. What was overall thoughts on it?
3: Uh I mean it was narrative. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, fair like, enough. Like,
3: like there's not a lot of mechanics for me to get into. It's not like, oh yeah, I don't know, if I had been able to build my own character I would have optimized for this, this, and this. It's yeah.
0: Well no, it was it was more it was more talking talk- about it was more talking about like the rouse checks and like the rolling.
3: Honestly, the rouse checks felt like an extra step that was just there to slow me down. Uh, but that's
0: with cave luck. Yeah, so, yeah. This is cave. For for a for clarification, cave rolls like a demon, and so never fails almost. I did actually fail one rouse check, and then
3: immediately was like, "We should go eat something."
0: Yeah, which, which honestly. That was just me going like, all right, we're almost out of time. Let's fucking, let's wrap this up and just go, hey, you find some homeless people and you're just like, nah. Because feeding is an incredibly, like, delicate and important process in the actual system itself for, like, narrative reasons. Because it's a storyteller system. Everything's narrative reasons. And so just, like, hand-waving you get to eat is not really a thing that would happen if we were playing a full game and we had, like, the full time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So from there, uh, we also got um NB. Using uh, their mind powers to look into the future a little bit, because uh, Paul was a Mulcavian, so he had so he had future powers,
4: and, and- the future told me, "Hey,
3: come back, come back you- tomorrow."
0: Yeah, like it. Like I, I do not know how to actually do. Th- like I, I, I do not know how to fucking like. I do not know what to tell you, honestly, because like with yeah, so with those vampire powers, where it's like, hey, the DM tells you something helpful. No fucking idea how to work those most of the time.
3: Genuinely, hand to God. Whenever any player says, "Yeah, and I can see the future," I'm like, "Fuck!"
0: Yeah, it's horrendous because, like, what is useful? Like, genuinely, I I'm diggin' asking like within a situation where you have like, "Hey, here's all information laid out for you." What do you tell them that actually moves the story forward without just going, "All right, here's the ending"?
3: That's the problem. It's either you don't give them anything really useful, or Here's the ending. Like yeah. mate, like I I the only time I was ever successful was when like the boss was like a 17 level Machiavellian bastard. So I was like, "Yes." And this is what the bad guy is up to. You don't know who the bad guy is, but you know this is what their strategy will lead to. Okay, we'll stop that. Good, because that was his plan all along. <laughs> Like, his plan was to leave enough clues for you guys to figure out how to do this. So, we're all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So, Paul activated is a, like, premonition thing. Because premonition is the thing that either the GM does whenever he feels as it is appropriate. Like, oh, the story is lagging. Let me send the spooky boy some mind stuff. Or if the player itself can call for it, which involves a rouse check and an actual, like, test against, roll against your uh, thing. And we did that, succeeded. And I was like, hey, you see... The neighborhood you were told the guy lived in, but it looks a little bit earlier in the night than it is now. Like it's the only thing I could fucking think of, just hey, you need to talk to these people, but they're asleep go- now, so go talk to them earlier in the night.
3: Go back tomorrow, and we were like,
0: in. <laughs> yeah, doing vampire shit, yeah, uh, yeah. Juana and Charles went off to go like do some research about stuff in the area. Meanwhile, leave Eileen- because
3: Juana wasn't comfortable being around people, yeah. Like, even by the end of yeah. the game, like, Wana would be like, can we not go to a neighborhood? Is that possible? Fine, we'll go to a neighborhood.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Paul and Eileen broke into this dude's house and ate his brother. <laughs> Only partially.
4: I got hungry,
3: okay?
0: Yeah, that was our first bestial failure of the night.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, it was like. Almost
3: uh, ripped the poor boy's throat out.
0: <laughs> yeah, NB had failed a couple of rouse checks, and so was, like, getting hungry. I think you're up to like three hunger at that point. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and so you were like, eh, maybe a quick snack." So you headed three over to the kids asleep. Yeah, so you headed over to the kid's bed, and I was like, "All right, give me like a stealth roll or something. Like, give me like dexterity stealth in order to just like try to feed on this kid without waking him up." You then got a bestial failure, and the kid woke up immediately. I wiped his mind. Yeah, you wiped his mind afterwards. After uh, Eileen ripped you off of his body, so you didn't kill him.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I like uh, some was actually sitting there like yeah, I'm going to be right there in case he starts going overboard.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it...
1: <laughs> you know, it happens.
0: Yeah, it happens. Some people get hangry. But no, it, it, was, it, was really, it was really great. Like, in that instance, it was effectively being like, all right, so this is kind of like it's a brick in the masquerade and also potentially a stain on you if we were doing stains, which we couldn't. But It was like, hey, cool. Mechanical thing. A narrative, re- narrative thing that happens when you fuck up. So immediately, just like... So much is like, alright, Eileen yeah, just goes in and just fuck, rips him off of her. Rips him off the kid. Uh does so. Kid manages to survive.
3: We and say they, kid. They were like 18, 19.
0: Yeah. Comparatively kid.
3: Everyone's a kid compared to uh, compared to Wana.
0: Yeah. Which no. Wana's the same age as everyone else.
3: But I look way worse.
0: <laughs> you look way worse because you're a nose <laughs>
3: yeah. I actually had so much fun playing this character. Um, I think part of the reason that I don't like Nosferatu was because of the first group I played with, because it, like they told me if you play a Mo- Nosferatu, you're basically not going to get to play the game because yeah. you're just going to be the monstery monster. And again, super toxic first group. So,
0: yeah, yeah. ghost show groups matter. But yeah, so they wet the kid's mind, jump out a fucking window and just sprint down the street. Uh, meet up with everyone else, and everyone's like, why are you covered in blood, Paul?
4: Long story.
0: Yeah, so they go to bed. Next night, they head on out uh, and go talk to uh, the families of the victims, uh, starting out with Simon's family. Um, again, Eileen and Paul take the lead on this because they're the pretty ones. Meanwhile, uh, Charles and to go off and head and talk to people around the neighborhood just trying to get more information. And that's when I, as playing with Charles, also got a bestial failure and played that as him getting a harm compulsion. So in social situations, uh, like, there, there's a bunch of different kinds of compulsions you can get with. In social situations, a uh, harm compulsion is just, he gets super aggro and just starts, like, digging in at everybody.
3: He was very mean to me, so I left.
0: Uh, no, so he left. No, no, no. I left. Like, the, like, two, like you pulled him aside and was like, hey, fucking calm down, and then left. You, you, you made him leave, then left to go back to where you left from.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, basically, like... The way we played it was in character. My character understood what was going on with him, and was like, "All right, look, you're you're going aggro even on me. I'm walking away because that'll calm your aggro."
0: Yeah, just left him to parking lot by himself. Mm -hmm. So he just like kicked trash cans and stuff. Meanwhile, with the family. Oh god! Very bizarre approach (laughs) that I was not expecting.
3: Where, I actually applaud
0: their approach. Where NB came up and was like, "Hi, we're looking to buy a house in the area. Is anything weird happening around here lately?" <laughs> <laughs> Did not I expect approve. that. I approve. I thought that was very clever. It was very clever to show up at someone's house at 8 p.m. and then go, "Hey, tell us about your neighborhood." Kept them off balance the whole time. Well, they also got off balance because their one of their sons was murdered, and their son got attacked last night, and he still has a fucking open neck wound. <laughs>
3: Eh, he's just whining. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the son was the character I liked
0: most in that house. <laughs> yeah, and he's a character that I thought was in the module, and then reading it again at the moment realized, oh, he's not, fucking. it, I'll roll with it. I just like, wow, these people suck ass. So let me just add someone in there who like knows what's happening is bad, because interviewing Simon's family, got to learn a bit more about Simon, where it was revealed that he's a piece of shit who beat his girlfriends more than once. And his parents, upon finding out about this, made him go and apologize to them. Yeah. And their and their youngest son, Steven, is the only one who was like, yeah, fuck him. He deserved it. Yeah, it's that's kind of it's kinda of like part of the theme of all this is The reason it's called the Monster Parentheses is because it's I know. The reason it's called that is because the idea of it big theme is Who is the real monster? Is it the person doing the murders? Is it the fucking actual literal vampires? Or is it these other weird shitheads who are just kind of bad people?
3: All the above. Yeah. Oh, I felt so vindicated later in the module, but we'll get to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Then going and talking to Carl's family, we learned Carl's a drug dealer.
3: Yeah, his parents were idiots. Well, his dad was an idiot. (laughs) They destroyed all of
0: our evidence. Yeah, because Carl said, hey, when I die, get rid of my shit.
3: They're idiots. They're loyal. <laughs> to a stupid, I mean fault.
0: Yeah. And then also uh, asked around a little bit and you learned about a guy by the name of Harry Lloyd. Uh, Harry Lloyd, He is a stalker and murderer who uh, recently got let out of prison after serving, uh, I think like f- at, for, our, for the purposes of our game, for like 40 years in jail.
3: Uh, Dad, you mispronounced his name. His name is Red Herring. <laughs> Red, that's his name. Because, like, the moment I was told about this character, I was like, Red Herring. (laughs) Like, I didn't even need to hear anything else about them. I was like, this guy is not our guy.
0: (laughs) And I guess also, purposes of full disclosure, there was an optional character who could have been introduced as part of this that I just said, fuck that, I'm not, this is way too complicated already. A guy by the name of Marcus Lecter, who is a collector.
4: Lecter collector?
0: Yes, Exactly. Yes, same naming conventions as Red Herring. But yeah, uh, and he and he would have come up with like, like, hey, I'm interested in this murderer you're chasing. When you fucking find him, contact me and I'll get to take him. Don't worry about what I do to him. Seriously, don't worry about what I do to him.
3: Seriously. Don't Seriously.
0: worry. I'm higher generation. I will make you paste. <laughs> but yeah, so while they were learning all of that... Oh, no, sorry, this is actually previous night. While While the two while Eileen and Paul were doing their fucking break-in, um, Juana and Charles went off to go do some research. Just kind of like, went to an internet cafe, started looking for anything in the area where they learned about Harry Lloyd and Charles learned about, um, a case that happened in the neighborhood about some 30, 40 years ago, um, that all the records had been expunged. And we'll get to that. But from there, we learn about a third victim. Uh, this time, uh, yeah, like uh, within within the storyline of uh, Weber, the cop, he'd been like keeping people from looking into or investigating the case too much just so that the vampires get a get a hands on it first. And this time they got a fresh one just reported. No police have been there yet. So vampires will be able to go in and fucking get shit done
3: efficiently.
0: Yes. Uh, heading over to like an old abandoned apartment complex, uh, they find a what looks like homeless person. Uh, just like a bunch of drug paraphernalia, a uh, bunch of letters sent from their family saying, hey, please let me come back home. Oh, God. And then just blood everywhere. And so got to look around at the stuff. Uh, this is where we got our second bestial failure from good old Eileen, who went to go examine the rest of the house. Sorry, right, examine the rest of the apartment complex because this is an apartment complex, but they describe it as a house in the, in the module.
3: Uh, multiple points.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so she got a bestial failure and we did a roll for that one for the compulsion. Because there's a role for compulsion stuff. Uh, first two didn't particularly work because they were hunger. And the way it was described is like, like yeah, did you just wander yourself and find yourself in a club? And it's like, yeah, that sounds like something I'd lean to do, but we're kind of doing something right now. Yeah. But then we got clan compulsion. And she, and her being a Toreador, that worked better because I could just go, hey, there's a fucking tagged mural on this wall. And you're just like, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Which, the second I did that, I realized we could have actually done the hunger thing. Because I did mention there were a bunch of dogs in the building.
3: Oh no.
4: oh,
0: no. no! Yeah, and I realized, as soon as I realized that, I was like, yeah, maybe not.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. Because
0: we did spend that a lot of it, a, That
3: would have gotten a bid red X from me.
0: Yeah, because we did spend a lot of that day talking about your new dog. Right. And probably would have been like, yeah, you know, playing with your puppy, you just like eviscerate three dogs and then make fucking, <laughs> they make like a beautiful <laughs> tableau out of their organs. Uh, no. Yeah, that would have been not great in the moment. So we just, so made the right call of just going, yeah, it's Clan compulsion. you look at this pretty thing. Ugh. And then Juana comes in clutch with her fucking dog powers because she can talk to dogs, which I don't know. Like a lot of the stuff in her backstory stuff talks about like animal stuff. And I'm like, why did they make her a Nosferatu and not a gang girl if they're doing all the animal shit? Reasons. I don't know. Reason. Yeah, they're Nosferatu the most marketable. Probably, the, actually. Yeah, they're one of the only three clans to make it over into the Requiem, which is like the offshoot reboot thing. Not talking about that. Yeah, so they find. Uh, yeah, so she, yeah, so Wanda calls in a dog. Gets you know, to kind of like look around and track down uh, the murderer because based on the evidence they saw of the dead body, murderer got interrupted in the middle of this, so could be still around. Starts looking around and finds a little like cubbyhole hidden kind of thing with sleeping bag, stove, MREs, as well as a small box with locks of hair in it, which where which was hair from Simon and Carl, two previous victims. Uh, they also learned okay. that the uh, murderer did not... They also learned the murder at that point is not a vampire, because there was, like, questions about that. All the the victims have been, like, drained of blood and, like, had slash marks all over them, but none of them had bite marks.
3: Like, the module... Said there were questions about that.
0: The module said we, there were questions. We about as that. a
3: group were like, "Yeah, it's not a vampire. No <laughs> vampire would waste this much blood, <laughs> risking getting caught. No way in hell is, is a vampire going to risk this bad? No, no, it's not happening." And then we get to the cubby hole, and Dead's like, "Yeah, there are MREs on the floor." And I was like, oh, evidence. There's not a vampire." And then Dead goes on to explain, it and yeah, and you can tell that they didn't take any like precautions against sunlight. And I was like, "Dead, stop. Yeah, it- I know because of the MREs." <laughs>
0: The module said it, so I got to say it. <laughs> yeah, so then they, have the, then they have the dog begin tracking back, trying to fake, trying to follow the uh, path of the opposite direction. At which point, we move on to the next chapter, which starts out with them being attacked by a group of vigilante fucking homeowners just kind of going around with rifles and shotguns and Molotov cocktails. Because they're like, hey, there's a dead person there. Murder might be in there. Let's go murder him. Again, who is the real monster? And we didn't do this because they managed to find a way to interact because they learned about it early, so they had a chance to like actually do shit about it. Yep. And then when the one person who saw them came around the side of the building, and was like, "Hey, people!" managed to fucking Jedi mind trick, gaslight them, and they were able to get away scot free.
3: I wanted to adopt the dog, but the module wouldn't let me.
0: No, I wouldn't let you.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna take the Beastmaster
0: archetype in our Pathfinder game just so I can adopt the dog. Yeah, good luck. You know, you, know how, you know how good I am at killing things, right? I do actually. <laughs> oh. Pets are not a good. I really said I'm
1: going to kill that dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you get a dog out of spite, I'm going to kill it out of spite right back. <laughs> uh, I won't just I won't just kill a dog for funsies. Ooh, actually, Beast but if, but if you Master. be a dick about it, I will be a dick right back.
3: <laughs> I was about to start look, investigating things in the Beastmaster type, and I was like, no. No. We're doing a thing. We're recording right now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: That's so, my
3: brain, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, interesting thing about uh this, which we which it would have been neat to get into like to get some like first hand opinions on it. But Vampire has a vampire doesn't do tactical combat. They just kind of do, hey, tell us what you're doing and make some rolls. And because of that, they have a not not a system, but like a rule kind of thing about combat where It's three and done. If you get into a conflict, conflicts last typically for three turns, and then, regardless of the result, combat ends and everyone leaves. Just keep things moving, keep things at a good clip, and not bog things down with, all right, so I do this much damage, but it's half because of this. But then with this ability, it's able to get regular damage again. Just, they don't give a fuck about tactical combat. They're just like, hey, make it cool. If it's fun, it'll last longer. If it it isn't fun, do the three and then get the fuck out of there. Which we can't really get opinions on because we didn't do it.
3: Yeah, we didn't fight.
0: But in concept, I don't hate that. I'm okay with it. Yeah, this
3: it's it's nothing impressive. Yeah,
0: it's nothing impressive, but it works for the system and especially what they are going for. This is a a reason it's called the storyteller system. They want to tell cool stories. Well, they want to tell what they believe are cool stories. They don't want to get it bogged down in the things other TTRPG players enjoy, like tactical combat and like, you know, hard time limits on what things can do. Fucking three turns to feed. (laughs)
1: How long is a turn?
0: Yes, it's an amount of time.
4: However long you need. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's... (laughs) I was (laughs) was
0: waiting for the follow-up
3: and then I realized (laughs) I, I, I just have to say, that moment is probably one of my favorites from the module. Because we had been leading Eileen away. Because Eileen was like, pretty, pretty wall art must stare. And Paul was like, no, we've got to go. Come on. And then was like, hey, we're going to die. So Wana, who is the physically strongest member of the party, just Princess Carrie's Eileen sprinting towards the van. And,
4: and Paul
3: stops. Mine. Yeah. Paul stops dead. So like, I'm going to wait for someone to come around that corner. Someone comes around that corner. And Paul's like, you've seen okay. nothing. What? <laughs> and yeah. then
4: Paul dives into the van and we book it. It's just like penguins in Madagascar.
3: You didn't see anything. Exactly. It was was, like, I think, in my opinion, the best scene. (laughs) It was pretty great.
0: And yeah, like, I'm actually glad we avoided that scene because with the Molotov cocktails, because the mob had Molotov cocktails, there was the potential of for real aggravated damage. And within the rules of the module, there is literally no way to heal that.
4: Unless if it's in between sessions, right?
0: Uh, that is uh, willpower damage. Aggregated damage is another thing where it's like every night uh, you do something, but they never explain that. They don't explain healing superficial damage. They don't explain healing uh, fucking aggravated damage. They don't explain healing willpower damage, which some of you had a lot of. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I kept taking willpower damage because I kept failing rolls that I felt were important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Same.
0: Yeah, so... Yeah, it's like willpower damage only heals between sessions, and so doing this in one session, it became just like this little fucking just like track of like okay how how long can I push this until I'm just fucked? Because once you get full up on your willpower track of superficial damage, you then lose two dice from all social and uh, mental pools, which at that point was kind of Eileen's bag. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was
1: like the situation where I kind of really couldn't, but I had to, but also you know. If I did, then this, yeah.
0: Yeah, just kind of bad all-around. Uh, and from there, we get into what is meant to be the first moral choice of the game, which, honestly, you guys kind of just bang through pretty quickly. Yeah so, yeah, so with the three victims, they get a call from Detective Weber, saying the neighborhood has gotten together and decided that Harry Lloyd, that stalker and murderer, he is the one who is killing all these people, so we're going to go fucking put the boots to him. And Weber's like, hey, not an awful idea if you just let him do it. At which point, uh, y'all are just like, I Me, mean, that's not a bad idea. We just let him do it. We don't gotta do shit, we can just fucking hang back.
4: We we just need to go in and make sure that the job's done.
0: Yeah, I think there was some debate like uh, it's mentioned in the module where like if the players are like, hey, if they decide to do nothing, have the sheriff call them and say, Hey, fucking do something.
3: <laughs> there wasn't really much debate of us doing nothing. It was mostly like how should we make sure this
0: guy is dead? Okay, <laughs> because... yeah, because, like, when, because, like, the reason I, because, like, I had Sam call you, because I heard the discussion and was, like, and from what I, was from what I heard as I was, like, listening to that and also, like, going through the module, like, what's happening next? I was, like, okay, they're saying let's just let the mob do it. Do they mean we're just not going to go and then hope for the best, or are they, like, what? So I was, like, okay, better safe than sorry. Let's have Sam call and go, like, hey, fucking go kill him.
3: Yeah. And, like, like, I will say this. I usually play a very moral character. Like, it's usually like, all right. It's not a question of, is my character going to save them? It's what's the flashiest way my character can save them? Because that's how I play games. I play every game like it's anime because it's fun to me. I I enjoy that.
0: Yeah, Cave. I once had to sell Cave on a module being like, hey, you're playing criminals. "Uh, But you're robbing a bank. Oh, that's cool.
3: (laughs) I do love a good heist story. It's fun and like my brain immediately said oh we've got to save this man because he's innocent and then i was like wait i'm a vampire why do i care let these let this mob kill this guy fuck it <laughs> <laughs> fuck
0: it leave all yeah so they just kind of pulled up a couple like pulled up like a block away from uh, the guy's house watched the people go inside and just start just hear the sound of just like horrible shit happening inside once everyone That's starts fair. like Like, kind of like dispersing a little bit, like with a haunted look on their face, like, oh god, what have we done? Uh, Wana then just snuck right in, snapped the dude's neck, and left.
3: I was the only one who could do aggravated damage
0: with their bare hands. Well, you're also the only one who could do stealth.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other stealthed just fine in the first uh, instance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the second time, however. Yeah, I think, uh... yeah, I think Eileen and Paul had one successful stealth check. Yeah. Cause like stealth uh, check to get into the guy's house, to get into like the Simon's house. That was great. Stealth check to feed on the brother without waking him up, bestial failure. Stealth check to get into Carl's family's backyard and look at the burnt stuff. Horrible failure. Just but uh just cascading. But,
3: so this is actually a moment for me where I had a oh, this is going to be vindicating. Because I have like the moment Dead started describing how this neighborhood was to me, I was like, Oh my god, I want to kill everyone here. And I come into the room and I find a red herring laying on the floor dying Ch- like i I would argue like from my perspective, it seemed like there might be a chance to save him, yeah, there was he wasn't he was gonna die. he was just look he was just really fucked up, and I killed him. yes, he did just snapped his neck. uh-huh and then, like, I don't know how long it was in game. I think it was like a couple of weeks couple days we find out there's been another murder. Yes. And I sit there and I say, and those people have to go on with the rest of their lives, knowing they killed an innocent man. Those that are truly monstrous will justify it saying he killed before. We had to deal with him. But everyone who had been goaded into doing it is going to have to live with that nightmare for the rest of their lives. And
0: that made me feel so good. (laughs) Cave likes playing good guys.
3: <laughs> I like the bad guys to get what's coming to them.
0: <laughs>
3: and the and the mindset of, oh, I'll just obey the leader and do what they say really sickens me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so that's where we ended. Uh, I guess, for uh reference, there are there was the rest of that scene and then two more chapters and an epilogue, all of which are very quick. Because we're about to get to the point where I have to hand out the scripts.
3: Oh, what?
0: And we'll talk about that. The scripts. Yes, so they get a call uh, immediately after the dealing script? with uh, fucking the guy. They get a call from Detective Weber saying, hey, there's been a fourth victim and it happened during the day. So I'm not able to keep a fucking lid on it. Get there and fucking figure shit out. The guy's name was Mike Clark. He was a male model and sex worker found in a hotel. They get there and uh, sorry, the module is supposed to be you get there. You don't have to get in. You can either sneak in, like climb from the outside or just call one of your cop friends and say, "Hey, let me in." At which point you get in and you see dead body, horrendously savage blood everywhere and on the and on the wall is a message. Uh saying "4 for 4." At which point we flash back to the 80s. Oh god. Because it turns out this entire thing is happening because the four of you were involved in a series of murders back in the 80s and then just forgot about it. Oh. Uh- like that's that, stupid. Like that bit with uh, where like Charles was like, yeah, there's some murders like back in like back in, like forty years ago, but I can't find any information on it. It's like it was all expunged. That was you guys. <laughs> that is stupid. And it's at that point that I would have had to send you the scripts because it because like this part of the scenario requires you to make some very specific decisions in character. So
3: that's stupid.
0: Yeah. So it starts out. You all snap out of the fog of the frenzy because you've gone into a frenzy, and just there is a just person, what's left of a person, in a in a hotel room, just completely ripped apart. At that point, supposed to go like, okay, what do you guys do? And just have like a fucking thing going on. At which point, after a little bit of doing that, um, a new guy comes in with a bunch of cocaine, and you kill him too, no questions asked. You don't get a choice; you murder him, which is a weird thing for a game that is fucking. Flying the flag of player agency is the most important thing to the point that we put in player agency in the thing where players are out of control. Like
3: Genuinely, the thing I can't stand the most in a game is being completely robbed of agency. Like, I'm okay with like, hey, you just got mind controlled, so you're going to take actions that would benefit the enemy. Because then at least I can still decide what action is going to benefit the enemy. Like it's you I'm going to say this a player should never say oh well I've been mind controlled so my character's just going to stand there because that's not what your character would do but yeah taking the aid action every turn that's it that makes sense for your character uh running up to a person you know as a player you're very unlikely to be able to hit but trying to wail on them and keep them occupied so that your boss gets away safely that's in character but hey, here's a script you have to follow? Oh, good f- good Christmas now. Yeah,
0: so look at the scripts again. So Paul killed the second person who came in with the cocaine. Then the third person came in, going like, hey, what's happening here? At which point... Oh my gosh. Yeah. At which point, um, let's see here. Yeah, at which point, Wana kills him. And then y'all have to decide, hey, what are we going to do? At which point, Charles and, um... Eileen have the option of being the one to decide that they call Sam. And then we flash back further into that night as uh, to the point of what leads up to the, what just happened. And it is y'all were at like a hotel for like this big party conference thing. Everyone was like fucking drunk as hell. loud music, everything's bumping. And you had all just been turned into vampires like a couple of weeks ago. So none of you had fed. And so you were like, and so the script says, Hey, y'all are fucking jonesing. Things are bad. You just, just got to get away somewhere, and so you go off to another room where one person is left, one human, who's like, hey, I'm here for you, because, hey, shocker, Sam put them there in order to make y'all go crazy and get you in, in debt to her, and so you go nuts and just fucking rip them apart. Uh, get into scene three, final bit of that scene, where Sam shows up, and is like, all right, how are we doing this? If anybody says, hey, we cleaned up and make it just go away, Sam says, no.
1: No, just no.
0: Yep, just says, she shoots down any suggestions to, quote, call in cleaners or anything of the like. Suggestion to replace that with? Nope. Just say no and figure it out. At which point, one of the player characters has to bring up, hey, what if we killed more people to make it look like serial killing? And he's like, oh, yes, we can do that. This story was actually decent. Right up until this? <laughs> until now.
3: <laughs> yeah. like I can even accept the let's remove player agency and do this like mass like killing thing because of all this. Like I can see this, like that could ha- that could that could believably happen. I could make an argument for Juana actually probably killing both people to try and protect her friends, but, and I could make an argument for Paul killing someone because Paul's the protagonist. Yep. Um. Yeah. Everything revolves this? around me.
0: Yeah. It just it's such a fucking shitty thing because, like, with the mystery, the best part of the mystery is like getting all the clues then and being able to figure it out for yourself. With this. No matter what fucking clues you get, it doesn't matter because none of it means anything until this moment happens with flashback. Yeah. Seriously. It's also really fucking stupid having each of these goddamn, like, heading things, like, like every heading for a scene in this thing has a quote from some kind of popular media. And the one for the final scene in this thing where you all decide, hey, let's murder more people and make it look like a serial killer, it's a quote from Stephen King from the book Under the Dome. Murder is like potato chips. You can't stop with just one.
1: Oh, fuck me. God, really?
0: Really. Mm, uh. And yeah, so the scene ends with all of you just going like, all right, so let's go kill a couple more people. And then you leave a message four for four. At which point we snap back to the future. Whoop, there goes Groucher? I don't know. I can't think of anything that rhymes the future. Uh, and so with that, you then do a little bit of research and role play uh, and find out that of the people you murdered back in the 80s, one of them had a living relative woman by the name of Martha. So you head to her place. Why did you say that name? (laughs) (laughs) So you head to Martha's place. And there are, for the purposes of (laughs) this game, two endings. Confrontation ending or the slasher ending. Confrontation ending, you go and talk to her. And she just says, fuck you the entire time. Just twist the knife of guilt and shame as much as possible as they say in the module. And so then you're given a choice. Give her to the cops and risk her telling everyone about what happened, uh, letting her go, or just fucking kill her.
3: I, I think we've illustrated which path we're going to take.
0: Oh, yeah, you'd rip her to shreds.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: Wanna w- would protect her friends. It wouldn't even be the confrontation ending. It would just be the slasher ending.
4: Mm-hmm. The slasher- I mean, I could have wiped her memory. Not that much. Not that far. Shh, 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 shh. J- j- just let it happen. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, with the slasher ending You're just like alright yeah fuck this Go in fucking fangs Ablazing as she lights her house On fire to fight you which is actually Effective because vampires they Take horrendous damage they they, they take Aggravated damage from being near fire It can also trigger like a fucking fear frenzy But yeah so
3: yeah honestly It would have probably like Wana would have probably done everything She could to turn it into a 1v1 Like everybody else get out I'm gonna kill this person <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm going to eat her pants.
0: But yeah. And so with that, we then go on to the epilogue where there is two epilogues, the human ending and the beast ending. I'm guessing the beast ending is if we kill her. Uh, No, the beast ending is... I'll read it. I'll I'll read the opening paragraph of it and not like individual things because I'll get into those a little bit. But So, beast ending. Through inaction, ineptitude, or desire... The beast has been left free to revel in the Coterie's dark deeds, eroding their humanity and bringing them closer to that dark place where reason disappears entirely, and the vampiric nature lords supreme. So it's entirely possible to get the fucking beast ending by just fucking up a lot.
3: Is this like if you lose a bunch of humanity over the course of the game or something?
0: Uh, if it- if it tracked humanity like that, yeah. What it actually is, is, hey, talk with the players and you guys decide which ending you oh. think is best for them.
3: Fuck no. No.
0: Yeah. It's not great, and I honestly would have just left it to my own interpretation. Which, given what y'all did, like depending on like, depending on how like the fight against fucking that lady went, you were like you were all teetering right on the edge.
3: I would I would assume beast ending. Like I would assume beast ending because like especially for Wana because Wana was like yeah I'm just gonna snap this guy's neck and revel in the fact that these people are going to learn that they were murderers for no reason.
0: Yeah, but y'all also like didn't just slaughter a bunch of people during the fucking, like, main encounter. Uh, you, you, the coterie actively worked to, like, save that kid's life when they accidentally started killing him. Mm. Like, I think it, like, you think it was, like, a very much, like, you had not, you had, none of you had committed hard to one direction or the other, so you were just kind of stuck in the middle.
3: <laughs> Which is how it should be, honestly, with Vampire the Masquerade.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like characters should be in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but then... Yeah, depending on how that last encounter with a with, uh, fucking Martha would have went, that probably would have singed what ending I gave you, which endings also are dog shit. <laughs> like the epilogues, like Paul's is, hey, maybe, maybe other people matter for the humanity ending. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
0: my God.
1: Amazing.
0: And the beast ending is, lol, JK, I'm the best.
4: And, and we were very much the lol, JK, I'm the best. Yeah. That's where Paul was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I think like that really cinched it. When you were like, of course, Paul's like, th- like they all had a, they all had one communal cell phone, and Paul's the one who has. Yeah, obviously, because he's the most important. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Meanwhile, I'm the only one who matters.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, fucking Charles is over here like discovering the concept of nuance. <laughs> no, fuck it. Seriously, like, listen to this.
3: Oh my god.
0: It's like there is nothing completely black and white, but rather shades of gray, and you'll have to work to see your path.
3: Oh fuck me.
0: Like He's a hippie. Like that's your fucking takeaway? Goddamn burn the system Bruha asshole? Maybe things are complicated.
4: <laughs>
3: maybe we shouldn't anarchy. <laughs> or maybe we should anarchy with restraint. <laughs> yeah.
0: Civil anarchy.
4: Your mom's a civil anarchy.
0: Yeah, uh Eileen, humanity ending is well, I can't make art anymore, but I guess other people can make art out of me.
4: What? That's what? she said.
0: Straight up. Sometimes, if you concentrate real hard, it is almost as if you could have it again. That Spark. But no, it was lost with your heartbeat. Doesn't mean you can't still inspire others, of course. Perhaps that is your fate, to be the eternal muse. That's the humanity ending.
3: God, that is a depressing
0: humanity ending.
3: Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs>
0: Yeah, her beast ending. You see it now. The answer was right there. It lies in the clots, the special blood possessed by few, only accessible by the kill. But it can be cultivated, nurtured, infused into the blood with much work. All you need is a subject and exclusive access. And motivation, of course. And pain. Fucking, that is a- Lots of pain. That is a a nightmare of a sentence. So many ands. And pain. Have
4: they never learned to fucking commas?
0: No, there are a lot of commas in that. It's weird. Sometimes these knock for commas, sometimes they don't. But anyway, essential ingredients in for creativity. Fortunately, you know exactly which buttons to push. And then Wana goes from, I like animals, but people okay, to <laughs> oh end God. the world.
3: <laughs> she
0: becomes the anarchy.
3: So they could write a decent story, but the ending is where they fall apart, which is honestly where a lot of writers fall apart. Like, endings are hard. Yeah. Endings are yeah. very hard.
0: Yeah, so I'll say it again. If, in case my point from the first half of this got lost in my screaming, the system is fine. Everything they've written sucks ass. I hate their books. I hate their layouts. I hate their conclusions with this shit. I just, I don't like it. But the system as a core, I think works solidly. It's Yeah, not- I think
3: it was actually, like, pretty fun. So,
1: yeah, I to actually
3: play. like play. It was a lot of fun to play. Though, I think in part that was like right group, right DM, because like Dad said, he had to like adapt on the fly to some things. Right. Um, yeah. And,
0: and, and like that is come, that comes after like fucking eight years of DMing. <laughs> if this was somebody's like first time, they're fucked.
3: Dad, I have 20 years of DMing experience. I don't think I could have run this module. <laughs> okay. Boomer. Yeah.
0: But like the first 15 of those years were like pure munchkinning, right?
3: No. That was when I played, not ran.
0: <laughs> but no, yeah, that's my like my ultimate takeaway with this is just like I like the system. I think I honestly think they did a lot of really good things with like advancing the mechanics, because as far as I'm aware, like hunger is a new thing for this edition. Oh wow. And like,
1: okay. I liked the hunger system so much that um I had considered I don't know exactly how we would
3: make it yeah, work. If but... if I remember, like in the old days, you had a blood pool, and like you s- literally spent blood like mana.
0: Yeah. Uh, um. Anyway. Uh, Some you were saying.
1: Yeah. Um, I I liked the hunger system like so much that I had actually considered like asking um the DM of a Pathfinder Second Edition game that I was in um if. <laughs> Like we could work that in for my vampire character,
2: <laughs> um,
1: to to some degree, but also um, it it's a little complicated to try and work in with that system.
0: Oh yeah, like but it's path- still a
1: really interesting idea.
0: Yeah, Pathfinder's math is so tight. Adding in a new subsystem on top of that requires so much fucking work. Yeah, but within this system, I think it works really well. Of like making the. Making the nature of vampirism and, like, the nature of what they say vampirism means feel, like, mechanically present at all times. Like, humanity is a thing that could, like, come and go, like, fade to the background a lot and only come up, like, when you realize it, something horrible's happening. With hunger, it is always there, always present, and also always has, like, an effect on, and can also always have an effect on, like, your, um, on your humanity. It is a, it is a thing that is, like, constantly there that can, that will be affecting roles throughout the entirety of the game. And that plays really well into the theme they're going for with the vampire, with the vampirism and the beast, as they call it.
3: I feel like, like if, if I remember correctly, I feel like there were times when I, when I was playing with my first vampire table, there were people who never had to feed because they never used any blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's like having... like Because, again, I, I'm pretty sure that the way it used to work is you would, like, you would have to feed in order to use your vampiric abilities, and that was it.
0: Yeah, with this, like, the rouse checks especially, like, the rouse checks, they they, they kind of feel like a stopgap at some times of just, like, hey, you gotta do this thing before you go on and do the cool stuff, but that still, like, fed into the hunger of just, you kept getting hungry. I think, like, I don't think, I don't think Charles succeeded a rouse check.
3: No, Charles did not. Nope.
0: And, yes, yeah, so just, like, having that be an aspect of this game and of this system so deeply... It works really well with their, with their theming and helping everything kind of work. Um, I will say that with, it, with regards to the system and like stuff to build, final complaint, and it's going to be another, to be another kind of ranty thing, but fucking bear with me. I, like, I, I think about this stuff a lot. It's our job. Yeah, so one of the things that I find real value in with pre-generated characters is learning character creation. Like, like there are times where, like, you can just sit down and, like, read a book and just not be able to, like, for whatever reason, not be able to wrap your head around, like, some concept of the character creation. I remember when I, like, first started playing Pathfinder. I could not remember for the life of me during character creation the final four ability boosts.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I, I have players that still, like, I've been running Pathfinder for groups for about six, seven months, eight months now. And I still have players who, like, regularly forget.
0: Yeah, and so having a pre-built... That, I've killed a few. Yeah, and so having a pre-built character helps me with, like, reverse engineering. I can, like, look at a pre-built and go, okay, how do they get that? Go through everything. Okay, that leads to that, and that leads to that. That's cool. That's awesome. And it helps me, like, really... helps me, like, a lot with that stuff. And so looking at these characters, you're able to tell... Okay, built using a generalist array, because this is all array-based, and in... It's weird. In like the summary, it has like just like the quick build options, but then in the like longer thing, it goes like, "Oh yeah, so you're gonna want to go with like, all right, so you're gonna want to go with like your professional skills, then your lifestyle skills, then skills from this and that, and then other things, and then also just pick some more skills at the end for like either a specialist or a generalist." And then in the quick start, in the quick like build thing, there's the option for jack of all trades, which is not buildable in any other option that they give you. But yes, yeah, so they go through all that, get you your clan, get you your. um, get your disciplines, get your, uh, like, skills and everything, but they do not have in there specialties, predator types, advantages or flaws, convictions or touchstones, ambitions or desires, or coterie types, all of which are things that are part of character creation. (laughs) So it's like, all right, cool. You built half a character. What about the other half? Because, like, advantages and flaws, I can understand that. Like, I can understand that to an extent. um, Like, honestly, I can understand all these to an extent, but also not because they're part of your system and they are also kind of critical to how you decide you like to run things like conviction and touchstones. Those are things to, for like stains and stuff. Like those are things that are like, Hey, these are your core held beliefs and the people that you care about. If shit happens to them, shit gets bad. And so like, you don't need, I don't, I don't need to go like, all right, yeah, so here's like fucking nine characters have fucking convictions and touchstones surrounding the other members of the coterie. Like, Oh, fucking Eileen had a real strong connection to fucking Paul and watch it. And Paul watching her fucking like, Her watching Paul rip out a dude's throat like fucked her up something, but Paul seeing her pull like Paul seeing her like pull him back and keep him from killing somebody like strengthen that bond or some shit, something like that. Specialties they add dice to your fucking pool, which is important. Predator types, predator types are so fucking important because feeding is meant to be this big thing and having your preferred method of feeding giving you skills and everything else that is fucking important.
3: There was actually a discussion when uh, feeding on the little brother came up. Where NB was like, yeah, I'm not feeding on a kid. And daddy like, they're like 19, <laughs> like five <laughs> times before we finally understood it.
0: Yeah. And it and like that's important, because like that was that could have been a fucking touchdown thing. Like if you had have been like, hey, I don't feed on kids, but I'm at like hunger four and this kid's fucking right there. That could have been like a neat character beat that could have like led to a stain or something and other mechanical things or like just character things that would have been fun. But because they aren't there, we don't fucking get to do them. And then also, last thing, this this might be the thing that bugs me the most with your blood potency. Blood potency is just kind of the the strength of your vampire powers, and depending on your generation, it has different like levels it can get up to and different minimums. This module effectively started you at blood potency zero, mm-hmm. where you couldn't like do a whole lot of like healing and anything. Um, you didn't get a lot of powers, and you basically got to add like one die to die rolls if you like did a blood surge. But they sent you at twelfth generation which has a minimum blood potency of one. They wrote this, made you, made you blood potency zero in everything, but name, and then set you at a generation that would have been impossible to have blood potency zero.
3: Yeah. And can I just say, that's actually one of the things I don't like about the system. Okay. I don't like the blood potency thing because, and again, this might just be how toxic my first group was, but I was low generation. I was basically a slave and that's kind of like it feels like the blood potency thing just leads to an inherent imbalance. If somebody is like, yeah, my character is like from an older clan, so they're like, they're blood potency five minimum or some shit like that.
0: Uh, I, it think just, that it, I think that is. I think that's just like it's the group and also potentially the GM because like having, ha- like making characters that are that have like a very clear power imbalance. Because like this isn't like, oh, one person built their character better. No, this was this person has more power just objectively.
3: Mm-hmm. Which is what happened with me. And it was very unpleasant. Yeah,
0: it's like, all right, y'all are starting at level two. Um, Carl over here is starting at level ten.
3: I have actually had that work in games. Um I had like one player who was experienced at uh playing Pathfinder came in as a level five character, and the whole thing was like he was the mentor character who just would not participate in most combats it was like i'm here to rescue you if you guys start dying but other than that you got this and that that worked but that was like pre-planned and the party agreed to it not like one person was like yeah i bribed the dm so i was level five
0: tight yeah so uh i guess with that uh just run down the list um well, i guess some envy uh any Final thoughts you have about the system, like anything that you particularly stood out as good, bad that we haven't talked about?
2: I think
1: that it works quite well as um definitely as a social system. Like like you said, it's kind of built not for combat. Um generally, you know, like you said, combats are just very short um counters. So yeah. Okay. Um I I think that it's great as a social system. I thought it was really fun to play. Um, I had a
0: wonderful
4: time with it. But,
0: yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Envy, anything? Anything else to add?
4: I definitely agree. I'm glad we didn't get into combat. Mainly just because you flat out said, yeah, combat is very ambiguous. Yes. But, um, I think other than that, I think the system was actually pretty great. I think, I think just rolling, like, the D6s and once you know, like, you have to hit this number and it's a success, then uh, you also need like this many successes to succeed. I think that's
3: great. Yeah, that's actually something I really liked about the system that a critical success or a critical failure, like they could still be bad things. Like critical success could still be bad if you get a bestial success.
0: A messy crit is what it is. A messy
3: crit, thank you. Messy crit. Mm -hmm. I liked that. I really liked that. Because Mm -hmm. like the number of times I've had players ask me, Well, I was trying to knock him out. Do I kill him because I crit and I've had to say no, that's not how that works. But in this system, yeah, no, you ripped his throat (laughs) out. Which just it's it's a different thing that I've actually kind of liked here. I wouldn't want to see it everywhere.
0: Yeah, no. But I liked it, it here. Yeah, like like I've been saying, like the hunger working with like the beast and everything else and the theming. Works fucking great. Uh, so I guess final question: going to the line, start with some. Would yeah. you play this again? <laughs> Maybe. Well, Alrighty then.
1: You would kind of have to sell me a little bit on it because I do prefer more combat-oriented
3: systems. But
0: yeah. Yeah, you need to be like a story or like an idea that just like hooks you. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, Cave.
3: Uh, not this module,
4: but otherwise, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Alrighty, uh, NB. I
4: agree with Cave. Not this module. But it also has to be the right group.
0: Yeah. I think this is a pretty good group for this. We yeah. we 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 have enough respect to each other that we're able to go like, yeah, I don't like that, and that we can like gauge whether or not people are into shit. At least at least based on our very limited experience playing this.
3: And the fact that, you know, we actually talk to each other about problems.
0: Yes, absolutely. That is that is vital.
3: The number one thing that any good group should be able and I'm telling this to, no matter what game you're playing. If you can't go up to your DM or other players and say, hey, I don't want to do this. Can we do something else? And like actually have a discussion about it, then you're pro- probably not the best group. <laughs> like being able to say, hey, this is not good. I don't like this. This does not work for me is an important part of any social experience. Yeah.
4: Y'all heard about the last time I had to do that with the (laughs) GM. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh,
0: But yeah, so I will say, I enjoy my time with this. The book was so awful, it led me to read the reboot Vampire the Requiem. (laughs) And that has a lot of similar themes, but I like the delivery of that more. So if I were to ever go like, hey, play vampire again, it's probably going to be Requiem.
4: (laughs)
3: Understandable.
0: Yeah. Doesn't have hunger, uh, but it also makes the dice rolling a bit simpler. Uh, we're not going to get into all that because I don't want to go into like, hey, this is why this is this, this is why this is my haven't played is better than the one I have. But next Halloween you could look for. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? We'll see how the straw poll goes. Uh, but yeah, so that's good get it for this. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, if somehow anything we've said has sounded enticing to you, I find links for the book down in the description. Uh, sure. To check. Sure. To check it out if it sounded intriguing to you. Um, will we be back to do another one of these before the year ends? Not sure yet. Uh, we will see how we feel. Uh, going, getting into uh, like November, December. Uh, but there's potential that this is gonna be the last one for the year. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna. I like. I I'm I'm gonna try to be better about just not screaming for an hour as we go for three hours. We're yeah, we're still figuring this out. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna do for this. That's gonna do for this one. Um, don't forget to check out Kurt's Destiny. Yeah, Kurt's Destiny. Uh, Cave's game. Uh, we got regular podcast going up. We got regular commentary stuff going up. Um probably videos can be coming back soon. I'd have I'm close to finishing up my fucking backlog. But yeah, until all that stuff, I'm dead. I'm Cave.
4: I'm Sam. So and I'm Minby.
0: <laughs> and for Ruben, we'll see y'all next time.
4: Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. Ah.